Lauren and RJ, The Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, we welcome you to our final show out here live from the Bragan Baseball Complex at Fort Family Regional Park. Frangie and Carly and Lauren Brooks with you. RJ Saunders back at World Headquarters. Man, oh, man. What a week it's been. Overcast today, not quite as sunny as it was yesterday, but it is a uh, absolutely magnificent week of baseball. Today we are loaded up, all kind of stuff. Lauren, we got games galore, baseball, softball, all of them here today. Yeah, absolutely. We've got Trinity Christian and First Coast battling right now in baseball, and then we've got games at 4 and 7 here, and then there's a game at Inglewood at 6 as Inglewood plays host to Ed White. And then on the softball side, there are five games, the first one beginning at 3 p.m., the last one at 7.30. So tons going on out here. we got seven games at this ball yard. Yeah. And, and when you say seven f- games at the ballpark. When you say final show out here, you mean until Monday, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Final yeah. one of the week. Final one of the That's week. That's right. So, uh, yeah, this has I been. I thought the same thing. This has been a great setup here. We are, we, again, I, I, saw, I saw our boss, Steve Griffin, today, and I told him how much we appreciated 1010XL. You know, 1010XL, we, you know the way the remotes work. You pay for remotes. You know, companies pay to have us out, and we have a lot of them, and we thank them for it, and we have wonderful clients. Uh, but certainly uh, uh, the people at 1010XL, Steve and company, said this is a worthwhile cause, so go do five shows out there and have a big time out there. And so, and, and hopefully we've had so many people come by, so many people say hello, so many people that have, that have, that have, that have noticed us and seen us. So it's just been, it's been, a, it's been a big week out here. We certainly appreciate it. We certainly appreciate everyone coming by. Uh, and uh, so, so many kind things they've said about the park, about walk-off. And some good baseball, softball, seven games at this park today, plus Inglewood and White playing at Inglewood today. The reason, by the way, let me, I, I told this story yesterday. The reason we moved everything up, including using one more park, uh, Inglewood, is because the rain's really coming tomorrow. It's overcast today, but let's go now to the veteran chief meteorologist, the former <laughs> chief meteorologist, uh, Hayes, yes. who's graduated to veteran chief meteorologist, That's Lauren Brooks, out of St. Joe's Middle. Um, I'm on strike until I get a pay raise. <laughs> just what you should be. It's, a raise should have come with a title. Correct. Uh, the the uh, first title that came with no pay raise, the right. second title, dang, uh, well, better. I'll tell you what, whatever we paid you for the first one, we'll double it. So there's that. <laughs> Um, but no rain. It's not going to rain, right? I just checked the radar. We should be fine. Uh, I mean, famous last words, right? It is Florida, so anything can happen. But I think it's just, yeah, a little clouds, but uh, but certainly better weather than tomorrow, which I think you could have gotten a game in first thing tomorrow, but that would have been about it. Yeah, and I and and and, that, and that's right. And you know what? It would have. And it, you might have been playing through the raindrops even in that game. Yeah, so, so I think it was better to move it all, and uh, it's going to be a, a busy ballpark this afternoon. Yeah, the way we do, you and, and I've explained this yesterday and throughout the week and weeks when we do this, the FHSAA allows you Ooh, to play. Here come the lights. Hey, right here come there. the lights on. So it's a little overcast. The FHSAA allows you to play two games that are not real games, two practice games or exhibitions, if you will. And those two exhibition games are played this week. They have to be played this week. So the way to do – you okay over there? Yeah, just <laughs> – Mother Nature annoys me sometimes okay, okay. with her wind. Is there anything I can do? It's just, yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm with you, though. So, 
Frank I, almost I, got swallowed up by yeah. the tent. Yeah, we got thing, attacked by the tent. Yeah. I probably was a little dramatic illegal. with that phone <laughs> slam yeah, onto my notepad. Slams, you know. I'm not saying it was dramatic, but Doctor J over yeah. two defenders wasn't yeah. quite <laughs> as, as violent as that. Um, but the uh, but anyway, the FHSA allows you to play two games in the preseason week. So we have three four-team pools in both baseball and softball. And then you play the first game, and then the winners play for the championship of that pool and the lose. So you have a bunch of champions. We're going to have six champions of their pools. And last night, a terrific game last night. You talk about two really good programs, Ponte Vedra and Providence last night really went at it. There are more big-time college prospects in this event than I've, than I've seen. I mean, again, last we told you the very first game when Bishop Snyder was playing Ponte Vedra, it was a Florida commit versus an FSU commit. Now, think about if it was football. We were talking about that, okay? Or basketball. So, it's a Florida FSU commit playing. A JU commit, which is a really good baseball program, started for Providence. Today, and I'm, and I'm looking around, there are two Florida commits on this Trinity team. Wow. That are both, get this, sophomores. Okay? Wow. They're sophomores. One kid hit one well, would have landed on top of us if we'd have been out here. Hit one in the bullpen, over the, well, just right of the bullpen. And, I mean, that's, so there's really good players out here. Um, maybe the best player out here, Hunter Carnes, the catcher for First Coast, who's also in this game, he's a Florida State commit. I'm told no chance he makes it to college. Mm. He is a legit first-rounder. And you know the guys you see play sports that just make sports look mm-hmm. easy? They just did his sports just look easy when they play it. He's one of those guys. So we've seen all that today. We're really excited. So a lot of great play in softball as well. Fantastic softball teams, fantastic baseball team. So we're excited to be out here and have you be part of it. How many home runs have been hit now on the baseball? Just two. Just the two. one. The okay. one. The the Inglewood guy, Dom Petruno, went oppo into the left field bullpen, the left-handed batter, and this is both left-handed hitters. And uh, this uh, Ethan, darn it, I apologize, I'm not knowing his name. He's the sophomore from Trinity, Ethan. Uh, he throws right bats left, and he hit one just out of here, and so. Uh, but he, but he, so two home runs so far. I think I, we talked about this. It's Wheeler, Could Ethan it be Wheeler, Wheeler. Okay. Ethan Wheeler, Ethan Wheeler hit a home run out of here, and uh, so Don Petruno and Ethan Wheeler. Thank you. Here the two, hit the two home runs, and I can. Uh, it's not going to be a home run park. It's the same size as San Susi, yeah. but San Susi's surrounded by those pines, so there's no wind. And this is the wind howls in at this place. So it's it is hard right to, now. Yeah, it, it always does. You can see the flags. For whatever reason, I guess you build it near a, a lake and a highway, <laughs> I guess the wind's going to blow in from it because I, I learned all that. So um, so anyway, but it's been a lot of fun out here. Hey, a lot of things to get to today. I do want to touch on this. Um, was the Warriors trying to get LeBron? I suppose. I think we. I think, RJ, is that the word? I think we need to go to. Is uh, that the, a open the, gym topic? The veteran host of Open Gym joins us now on the program, RJ Saunders um, from East Lake High School in Los Angeles. Um RJ, was that really going to happen? Maybe it, it wasn't. It wasn't going to happen. Um, I, I believe the Warriors, as well as the Seventy Sixers, there was a report that they were asking about the services of LeBron, and the Lakers did the right thing. They were petty uh, with the Sixers <laughs> and said, "Well, if you're wondering if LeBron's available, uh, is Joel Embiid available?" Um, yeah, yeah. And that's what they did. And then the Warriors. Well, man, it wasn't gonna, that means it wasn't really going to happen, right? And the Warriors said the same thing. And the funny thing is, you know, LeBron and. Steph Curry are going to play together, uh, FYI, for people who are wondering. It'll be on the USA basketball team, though. It's not going to be in the NBA where they play together. But, yes, there was a report out there where they were inquiring about his services to see if he and Curry could play with one another, but the Lakers weren't going to do that. Is it bad, RJ, that I'd kind of like to see that? Does that make me a bad person? 
probably, kind of, sort of. Frank, this is not like you. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't mind if they played on the Lakers. I don't care which team it is. I just think it'd be, hey, wouldn't it be kind of fun? It'd be awesome. I like that. It it, it doesn't have to be the Warriors. It could be the Lakers, but I think. I think LeBron. You hate that stuff, don't you, Lauren? You hate jumping. The yeah, team. I don't you, like you it. don't like it. You you didn't like it when he went to the Heat. They were. I mean, they could face each other. What in three straight? Yeah, uh, NBA uh, championships. They can't play on the same team. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be fun. It'd be fun. Who's coaching uh, Team USA now? RJ. Um, Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is. I'll allow it. <laughs> I love it. All right, so uh, I still hope that one day Billy Donovan gets that chance, but he just hasn't done well enough in the NBA. You know, he was yeah. he was on his way. He was doing the junior coaching the junior teams, which is sort of the stepping stone. He probably was an assistant with Kerr under Shashevsky, and uh, you know that was ten years ago. But uh, you know, it's I always hope that that Billy Donovan would get that opportunity, but I don't know that he ever will. I wonder where it's going to end. One of the things I want to talk about today is where is it going to end for some guys like that? I was going to start with the football guys, but let's include the basketball guys too. Where will it end for Mike Norvell and Billy Napier and Mario Cristobal and not just this job unless it ends with this job? But where might it end? So we're going to get to that a little bit. College baseball starts today. I'm excited about it. I don't know if people are excited about it. UNF and JU are already playing their first game. UNF and JU are underway, and Florida plays tonight, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. But Florida so we'll, has not changed its schedule around, which surprised me. Yeah, so we'll, up, we'll update you on UNF and JU's games. Uh, we'll talk to you a little bit about uh, Florida. Bay. Why, why college baseball did or didn't take off and why should it take off? We'll certainly get to that coming up on the program uh, as well today. Uh, some of the things we'll talk about. I got a Jaguar topic that's a little bit of a different spin for the Jaguars. We talked about what the Jaguars will be. We always talk some Jaguars, no matter what the day is. We always try and talk a little bit of Jaguars around here. We talked about what the Jaguars will be, best-case scenario. Other than middle of the offensive line, what are the worst things that could go wrong? We haven't talked about that. We've talked a lot about what could go right, what could go wrong for the Jags. We'll certainly touch on that a little bit today, just get a little bit of an idea. So we'll talk some Jaguar football, college basketball, Florida, Georgia tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Knowles, how close are these teams to getting into the tournament. Is Florida in? Is Florida now in and they got to play their way out? I think that's kind of the conventional thinking. Yeah, so they'd have to mess it up now. Yeah, so we'll talk about that. We've got a lot of fun stuff to do on the show. We're going to update you on the baseball and the softball all day long today. Glad you're with us on a Friday. Love this. Love this time of year. We're getting closer and closer to golf. We'll update you on the golf, the Genesis. We've got some news there. We'll update you as we get closer and closer to the players. March Madness is not far away. Free agency is not far away. We've got a lot of stuff coming up. We're glad you're with us. Frank Frangie, Hayes, Carlin, Lauren Brooks with you. This is 1010XL and 92.5. That's all. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. Now back to a Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire. Visit BigChiefService.com. Welcome back to the program. If you're watching us on the stream, you see a very heated cornhole game going on to our right back here these guys are these guys are good at cornhole i can see that already we're out here in the best bet fun zone carline and brooks i'm frank frangie uh one game behind us and now we get uh west nassau sandalwood they'll uh first pitch is four o'clock again the two ball games going on right now as well uh lauren's got the whole schedule for me let me you just sent it to me didn't you i sure did you are so good so uh you sent me a schedule that says that, uh, <laughs> we have, listen We've had 24 teams out here, so I'm having trouble <laughs> keeping up. But uh, right now we've got uh, start at 4 o'clock on the near field. 
Bishop Kenny and Bishop Snyder, and then followed by Sandalwood and Hilliard, and then on the far field, Providence and Fletcher, followed by Mandarin and Nice, followed by Paxson and Episcopal. That's a lot of ball clubs out here, Carlin. A lot of high, a lot awesome. of high school softball and baseball teams out here. And I and I will tell you, more more kind things have been said, and it makes us feel so good about the fact that everyone's out here and having a good time out here, and it's just a. Uh, it's a, It's been a really special week. I mean, it really. What's I mean, fun is when the people that live around here are walking the grounds, yeah. and they just say, "Gosh, it's amazing what they've done with this." <laughs> we do have a lot. Yeah, and you just kind of give them a slight nod. I and, say, yeah, they yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, have. yeah, yeah. It's pretty good stuff. It really is. So, 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 so we're proud to have uh, folks out here. All right, let's start with Jaguars. We always start with Jaguars, where we often start with Jacksonville Jaguars. Lauren, I want you to go first. Cause I got a hunch where Hayes is going to go here. Okay. But barring injury. Because that's the obvious answer. What are your biggest concerns of what could go wrong or what they could not get right as the Jaguars get set for the offseason and the player procurement and the whole bit? Not the actual season. No, yeah, yeah. And build a roster building. Roster building. Let's make this a roster building okay. topic for now. What could go wrong is just like some would say they drafted Trayvon Walker and that was the incorrect selection. Uh, they could draft the wrong person at 17 and then – if they draft, let's say, a cornerback, and the cornerback doesn't turn yeah. out to be very good, so you've getting, now wasted your 17th overall pick. Getting the pick. wrong guy in the draft. Getting the wrong guy. And then the other thing that could go wrong is I think they tag Josh Allen, and that sends a message to the, okay. the rest of the roster that you're not going to get a second contract here no matter how good you play. So more specifically, uh, John, mishandling the Josh Allen thing. Right. Because that, that, I would think that's going to be first on a lot of lists. Yeah. That's your and again this is a this isn't a negative. Here's what's wrong with the Jags comment. I'm excited about the Jags, but there's always things you're worried about that could go wrong. Your thing, yeah. To is, me, Josh Allen playing on the franchise tag in 2024 has things have gone drastically. There'd wrong. be a bad vibe. Yeah, you, you, there'd be a vibe to it. Hey, hey, give me some things that, that concern you as they build. Is a is a I say build the roster. Continue to build the roster. Yeah, I think those are those are good ones uh, because I think making Josh Allen play on the tag would be just a complete embarrassment and failure on uh, Trent Baalke's part. I, I, I think in to, to take it to a, a different direction, uh, I'll say that they, uh, they remain steadfast in their faith of Luke Fortner, and uh, he ends up either regressing even further or failing to improve, which is going to be really hard for this offense to make the improvement it needs if the center position is so lackluster as it was last year. So uh, that's my fear is that they still have belief in Luke Fortner as the starter and, and he won't get a lot of competition there. Uh, I think that would be malpractice. But, uh, so, but that's, my, that's one of my greatest fears is that they decide that Fortner, you know, had a tough sophomore year, will be better, and they don't do much to address it. And then you get to week four, and you're like, why didn't they do something? Uh, and, and, you know, in right guard as well, because we know that's going to be – it's not going to be Brandon Sheriff. So, uh, you know, getting that right as well, because if, if they remain faithful to Fortner and then they pick the wrong right guard, they're going to be right back where they were this year, which is a very pedestrian offense. My concern – is almost exactly what you said. You're and you're right, Lauren. I, I I find myself not worrying about the Josh Allen thing. I think that'll. I think Josh wants to be here so badly. They want him so badly. I don't know. I, they could use a tag at some point. I, I my gut my gut tells me it's not coming to that. 
And if it does come to that, it would be more like the Ingram thing last year where nobody really panicked. Everybody knew they were going to get Ingram right. And Ingram, I say no. I think they everyone believed it would eventually be an extension and the tag comes off. But I, to, to Hayes' point, and, and let, me go, let me go what I'm not. I'm not worried about Trevor. Again, we're, we're, we're staying away from injuries now. I'm not worried about rebuilding the quarterback room. The running back room I think is fine. I wouldn't mind maybe an addition, but I like, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about where receiver lands. I don't know where it's going to land, <clears throat> but I don't find myself worried about receiver. I don't. I, I think we're okay. Uh, if Christian Kirk's healthy uh, and Evan Ingram's on the team, they're both going to be. I think the other pieces, whether Ridley's back, which I think he will be, Zay Jones, I think they'll, I think they'll add I think they'll add to the room. I think Parker Washington will be the backup kick returner, will be on the team. I'm okay there. I worry about the interior of the line, but I think they'll fix the defensive line. There's a new scheme. There's a new play caller. Um, I do think Devon Hamilton is going to get healthy, and I think he was playing really well before before he was not healthy. I think there's enough pieces there. I don't worry about it. I think there's work to do. I don't worry about it. I worry about that interior of the offensive line, not just because will they make the wrong choice. or I mean, I trust them. I trust Doug Peterson. I really do. I worry it's hard to rebuild the interior of the offensive line. It's hard. It's harder. Hard to find centers. It just is. If you look at most of the good centers, they're usually not on their second team. If you look at the, over the history of the league, you look at the you look at the centers that are in the Hall of Fame, or you look at the centers that are among the better players. Jason Kelsey didn't show up on his second team and become really good. Alex Mack, yes, he went to the Falcons, but he had the, he had Falcons and Browns good years. You know, it's it's hard to find really I good. Mean, Pouncey was pretty much always the whole time. Yeah, yeah, the, the whole Steeler. time with the Steelers. Yeah. So. It's hard to find center on your second team. That means either Luke Fortner's got to be what they still believe he can be, or you've got to do something unusual, which is find center on your second team. My biggest concern, my biggest worry of what could go wrong, again, injuries can always go wrong. But apart from injuries, I think they're going to be well coached. I really like this guy, Ryan Nielsen. I really like what I think they'll be doing on offense. Uh, I'm confident of their I think their special teams coaching is good. I think the special teams personnel is good. Uh, it is interesting they signed Riley Patterson to a future deal, isn't it? I mean, yeah. that, that, I mean, so if nothing else, competition in camp, which which I I can't imagine McManus is back. Yeah, you would you would think right? Yeah. I mean, so um, I, I competition in camp or a new kicker. Yeah, but but I'm not worried about that. I think that stuff generally plays itself out. I worry about the interior of the offensive line. I, I just I just how do you fix it and yeah. I, I hope it's better because I and they have to acknowledge that it's broken for us to be confident that they're yeah, going to fix and it. And by the way, they know football too. By the way, you know they, they certainly know. It's not like they don't. They if they believe Fortner's better than other people believe he is, there's something there. I just what, regardless of who it is, how it is, why it is, my concern is I'll stand by this. You can say all the negative things you want about Trevor if you feel like it. You can say negative things about Press Taylor. You can say negative things about. The play calling, you can say, I think the biggest ill of not only the offense but of the football team was the was the interior of the offensive line. And I and I that if there's a worry, Hayes, that's the one for me. Like you said. Yeah, I mean it's that's I mean that that's how do you fix it? I mean I mean I mean I again the the good thing about it is I don't think you have to allocate crazy resources to it. You certainly can. Uh, but I I don't think you have to. There's certain positions where you kind of have to devote your first-round pick to, like to get better at corner, to get better at edge rush, uh, certainly usually quarterback. 
you have to invest that first-round pick and, and hope you're right. The interior offensive line, it doesn't demand that. Uh, so, I mean, I would, I would like to think right guard at least gets solved in free agency. And I'm assuming they're going to keep Ezra Cleveland, which I think is what they should do at too. left guard. So then I think you go, you'll probably go into the draft looking for center help. And, uh, you know, if it's 17, it's 17. I don't think it's going to be 17 for a center. But certainly in the second round, the third round, which is going to be a comp pick for the Jaguars, so in the 90s there, uh, you know, you can get a quality center at that spot. And, and this draft lines up pretty well there. So, you know, I, I mean, if, if there was a free agent center that I liked, I mean, that would be a big priority you, for me. I mean, I mean, I mean, call me crazy. But everyone says he's probably going to retire, but he did play for Doug Peterson. He did. He was on the first-team All-Pro under Doug Peterson. Could you talk Jason Kelsey into coming here? That would be awesome. Is that a, is that a crazy thought? I, mean, I don't think it'll happen, but, I mean, it's – I mean, we're it, being look, crazier. I mean, well, that's, that's, why the, that's what the offseason's for. Yeah. That, I mean, there's no, no idea is a bad idea in the offseason. Absolutely. He's 36 it's, years old. He's a, yeah, he, a six-time first-team All-Pro. Right. He's a seven-time Pro Bowler. He was Doug Peterson's center when Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl. Why not? Hey, oh, hey Jason, mean, what's up, bro? What you got? Right. No, I, I, it would be obviously it would be outstanding. And overpay. Right. I, I, I'd overpay for a year. Would you overpay for a year? At 36, who thought about a guy who thought about retiring? Maybe not. My, that's a big concern. Okay, I, I hear you. I understand Which how, is he logical. was 31, yeah. and retirement certainly yeah. wasn't an option. You know, I'm not trying to build the future around him. I mean, I'm, I'm trying well, right to. I, I th- but I'd love to get a center yeah. that Trevor is going to have as his center yeah. for years to well, come. I, well, and, and, and maybe that is for uh, maybe that's Fortner just after a year or two behind here, here is why Fortner should be disqualified because your franchise quarterback is sticking the ball over the line for quarterback <laughs> sneaks you know what Jason Kelsey does he gets down on the ground and he mauls a guy two yards backwards so why so why not call Jason Kelsey and, and listen yeah I mean I think but, that's but, a one in a thousand yeah, of but, course. If but that, sure if, by the way yeah. if that right but but because there's, there's probably eight other teams that need a center, they're probably going to pick up the phone, too. I, I get it. And he probably isn't going to play again. He, he's 36. He, he might play again, but I think he would play for the Eagles and the I Eagles only. I That's the, the other I kind of do, too. I, but, I, but by the way, we're spending a lot of time on the interior of the line. I'm also concerned about left tackle. I don't you? know who's playing left tackle. See, I think left tackle is going to be very good, whichever one of them play it. But I'll extend your thought a little bit. Based on how they do it, will they be good at all the tackle spots? Will they be good? There's, yeah, if you're moving Anton from right to left, yeah, then I have to assume Walker Little uh, is going to be un- a good right tackle? Understand this. There's three really important tackle spots on an NFL team. Left tackle, right tackle, swing tackle. And make no mistake, they're all important. Don't think for a minute the swing tackle spot isn't important unless you're convinced your guy's never getting hurt. And people get hurt. It's the National Football League. So the if they re-sign Cam Robinson – then Cam's a left tackle, Anton's a right tackle, Walker Little's a swing tackle. That's pretty good. Uh, I think most of us think they're probably not going. Do you think they're not going to? You think they're going to let Cam walk? I do. I yeah. do. Too. I say love. I think they should, him. and I think they will. Yeah. You think they're going to? You think they should cut him, and they're going to cut him? What about you? I think they're going to cut him. You think they should? No. I'm I'm fifty fifty on that. I think they're going. I think we all agree they're going to. He's never available. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, no. I, I hear mean, you. Believe me, I'm not pounding the pulpit. Yeah. For 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 the Hall of Fame for the guy, but. But, but I'm torn on it because there's so much they've got to get fixed. That's one. Then you got to hope Walker Little's the right guy, and maybe he is. You, but, but then, 
But then you got to get that's one more spot you got to get fixed where you've got a guy on your roster. It's already you're okay. But but can you fix that guard center defensive tackle spot more more ably with that 16 million, which is kind of your point. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get yeah, it. That's a big puzzle piece. Sixteen yeah. million dollars. Yeah. I don't think he's worth it. I just haven't seen enough from Walker Little to know for sure Trevor's going to be protected whether he's playing left or right. I will say this. It's a commonly held opinion, and I share it, and I'm guessing you do too. You guys do too. That Anton Harrison's going to be really good. I'd love to see him at left tackle. Well, and I, and, I, and I do believe this. They haven't said this. I mean, Walker Little's been their backup left tackle, and Anton Harrison's been their right tackle. But I do believe Walker, the Anton Harrison would be the left tackle. I, I do believe he, I, I believe he would be the left tackle if they if they moved on from Cam Robinson, yeah, and you can use that sixteen million. I just, I mean, is it Hayes? Is it is it a, is it a Kevin Zeitler? Is it is it a guy yeah. that's thirty five? There's 34? a lot of guards that are going to be available. Mid thirties I mean, guys, sure, yeah. But, but again, not all of them, but yeah, there will be some of the guys out there will be thirty three, thirty four, yeah, thirty five. Yeah, you do you know? And if for old time Jaguar fans, Jaguar fans from the beginning, do you know why they went and paid? For, regardless of how it turned out, I'm not, this isn't about how it turned sure. out. You know why they went and paid Bryce Pop and Carnell Lake and Hardy Nickerson? You know why? Because the Cause, window was open. Because the window was open. Right. That's exactly when you pay those guys is when the window – and I believe the window's open. So that's why – that's when you do it, that's who you do it with, and that's why you do it. And, so and can I challenge you, does Balky not believe the window's open? Is that why he didn't pay a defensive end or so, edge rusher? Yeah, yeah, well, and again, I'm talking about being open now more than even less last year, but it's a fair question. It's a fair question. I, I think right – I'm not saying it wasn't open last year. I think la- I think they really believe it's open now. I, I, I think it's as, it's as open. I think in their minds it's as open. And I wouldn't be surprised if the owner said, hey, listen, it needs to be open now. It's been closed enough, So, but that's why you do it. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. And in terms of bulky, you know, I would say that I think they got way too hung up on we don't want to disrupt this. We've got a good thing going. I do too. And where did that lead you? It led you to an embarrassing collapse and missing the tournament and conceding the division to a team that you should have finished five games better in the standings then. So uh, I, I think now in looking at it, uh, you know, I, I don't think that will be as big of a concern. But, you know, so, yeah, the window is open. Chances need to be taken. Risks need to be assumed. And they need to do what it's going to take to unseat Houston and make a run at this thing yeah. because the window is absolutely open. I, I've not always been the go sign the old veteran guy. I've always kind of liked the 27-year-old guy that you can hopefully he's going to be here three to five years. I've kind of liked the three to five-year guy, the 27-year-old three to five-year guy. I've always liked that. But I do know when they went and got Bryce Pop and Hardy Nickerson and Carnell Lake and I'm missing a few others, I know when they did that it was because now's the time. Leon Cersei. You know, yeah. when they went and did it, now it was because now's the time, and I and I and I think now's the time. So, so we'll see what winds up happening. All right, well, we'll take a break. I'll update you on what's going on in the baseball out here. I want to talk about coaches and where they'll end, not where they'll begin, not where they'll go, where they'll end. Let's talk some coaching. It's a fun Friday. We'll look ahead to some college basketball coming up. We'll update you on college baseball that's already underway. We got a lot of stuff to to do on a February Friday, live from the ballpark. We do want to thank our friends from Big Chief Tire Company. Always a Big Chief Tire Friday around here. Five locations on the first coast. There's the west side, two on the west side, and Orange Park. The north side and the south side over here on Phillips Highway. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. 
more of Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Family owned since 1961, it's Big Chief Tire. It is a Big Chief Tire Friday. We are live here at Bragan Baseball Complex. The cornhole game behind us still going strong. Strong, strong, very strong. Very strong. From Frangie Hayes Carlin, I'm Lauren Brooks. RJ Saunders back at Tenton XL World Headquarters. We've got some college baseball going on right now. Delaware is leading UNF 5-2, so the Ospreys have some work to do. And JU is playing host to Cincinnati, and that game is all tied up at 5. JU originally led 4-0. Uh, that one's tied up at 5. So they've got doubleheaders, 2 p.m. and 6 p.m., both of those schools. So if you want to watch some college baseball, get out to either UNF or JU for a first pitch at 6 p.m. Or come here and watch all sorts of high school softball and high school baseball Getting underway in just a few minutes, we will have West yeah. Nassau Sandalwood on the baseball side, Bishop Snyder, Bishop Kenny on the softball side, and Providence v. Fletcher is going on right now on the far field. Let me say, let me tell you how equal opportunity uh, my friend Lauren Brooks is. Can I share something with you? Absolutely. So it's been kind of chilly out here. <laughs> yesterday. Or I'm just a cold weather wimp. But yesterday, that's fine. Well, I am a cold weather wimp. Yesterday, Lauren had her JU hoodie on. Okay. She was rocking the Dolphins, and I, and I noticed that. Is, is that true? <laughs> That's very true. She, was, she had the JU hoodie on today. She's got on the UNF quarter zip. Okay, nice. that is that is. I do, but I, but I'm not gonna lie. I expect FSCJ and Edward Waters <laughs> next week. So so. Well, that. Frank, uh, when people give you me free swag, stuff, that's right. it's all I about wear a swag. It. I, that's correct. Uh, somehow, some way, as I've complained in the past, Hayes has a walk-off charities hoodie, which I would love to be sporting, but I've never been given. Didn't one. I offer you one? You said you wouldn't wear it. That never happened. Am I imagining? Seriously, am I imagining that? Because you said that the other day. I said I thought I said. Did you want like a thick sweatshirt? I won't wear, but a thin one. I love okay. thin sweatshirts. I think I now, even, even if it's a smaller guy size, you'd wear it. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because what, he, what yeah. he's got on, I've got some of those. Okay, yeah, you'd wear it. So I'm clearly begging. And okay, now you're not begging. You're <laughs> it I, worked. I, I, like when she said, you said it, I said, didn't I offer her? And she said, I you thought you offered me like the thick hoodie sweatshirt. Okay, because well, I, like, I, I love those. You got one. Oh, that's hey, fantastic. The, you, you didn't want the thick one, so maybe I offered you. Okay, just I got the very thin, like I've been wearing okay, to you okay. enough. This and is not, not, to give me when it's like not that you're not that you're picky or anything. When it's like 65 to 68, this is the this is the thin hoodies are what's kind of all the rage. So you got one coming. I can, that I can promise you. All so, right. So sounds there, good. So up. All right. Let's get to where some coaches will end up. I feel like we have to start with Billy Nathan. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where, where does – I know where you're going to go, Hayes, but I'm going to let you go anyway. <laughs> where, 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 where does Billy Nate? how is he, 44-ish? Yeah, I think. When Billy Napier's 58, where is he and where, what will he have – seriously, I'm serious question. What, what will he have done? He'll be in your grandstand selling cotton candy. <laughs> Um, too easy? Yeah. It's too so easy. I, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Too easy, Ken. Um, he is 44. I think uh, when he's 58, he'll be the receiver's coach at Georgia. Yeah, I kind of do, too. I, I kind of think – I kind of think um, – It's I, my gut tells me because of the schedule and whatnot, it's probably not working here. I want it to so badly. Um, and, my, and my gut is that he, that he immediately becomes receiver's coach at a good school. It, it, it's, and, and maybe the school's best recruiter. Yeah, he may become best recruiter. He could be like the head coach at Tulane. Yeah, yeah. For well, forever. and I th- and I think that's coming too, Lauren. I, I think my guess is that Billy Napier winds up. I think Hayes is right. I think he he's the receivers coach at Georgia at some point, but I think he gets another crack at Tulane or Southern Miss. You you were one step ahead of me. I, I was going to say Southern Miss. You said the same thing. I picked said, a school in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah the uh, but but you know, but I can see that too. Um, but but I think I'm not sure that goes great either. 
It might. But I, th- I think he's at 58. I think he's the receivers coach at Auburn, Georgia. I think that the, I think that's right too. And I, and I want it to work for him. I, I, I do find myself thinking that he's a terribly nice guy, that he's a terribly hard worker, that he's a smart guy. But I don't know that that knack is there. You know, yeah. you just don't feel like that knack. I think that's well said. I, I think he is a nice person, uh, and I take no pleasure in the thousand cool. jokes I make at his expense right. every week. We're doing a radio show, yeah. but in the real world. He's a very nice guy. I hear you. And, and you know, I, I, I wish he would succeed, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with all that. I mean, I think he's going to get a lot of chances because he is, I think, easy to work with. I think he's got a great temperament. Uh, I think he's in it for the right reasons to make an impact on uh, young men's lives. I think all that's there with Billy Napier. Uh, I just don't think he's all that talented as a coach, as a head coach. I can understand that. And I think if Anthony Richardson has success with the Colts next season, like he was starting to at the beginning of this season, and we look back, it, it may be that he had Anthony Richardson, one of the better quarterbacks to ever play at Florida, and potentially DJ Lagway and still not be successful, assuming DJ Lagway is, is who we think he's going to be. I mean, you don't get many opportunities to work with quarterbacks better than that potential combo. All right. What about um – Lauren, go first. What about Mike Norvell? And he's, I guess he's 40, early 40s. I think they're about the same about age. 44. So, he yeah. might be a little younger than Where age. Where is he at age 58? Where, and what will he have done? So we've seen a little bit of a trend as far as college coaches wanting to leave the ranks of college football and head to the NFL. So assuming he's 42, assuming he doesn't choose to leave, I think he's still the coach at Florida State. In 14 years. In 14 years. I think – he goes to a different college program with one caveat being if the Knowles escape the ACC. But I don't sense that it's going to be easy. And if I assume the Knowles are going to be in the ACC, I think Mike Norvell's really good. But I've said that before anybody else said it. I mean, I've always thought that. I think he winds up as the Oklahoma or Texas coach. He's from Texas. Uh, I think uh, at some point, and, and, and Noel fans, I'm not knocking – this isn't a knock on your school because if Billy Napier was as good as I think Mike Norvell is, my answer would be that Billy Napier winds up as the Alabama coach. All right. So I'm, so this is, this is, I'm not picking on FSU. I think he winds up as the Texas coach, the Oklahoma coach at some point. That's funny. I was going to say the uh, Texas head coach. So I'll say he'll be LSU's head coach. Were you really going to say that? I was. Same yeah, thing, I, same that's thing. sort of what I think. I, I just, I think while. So for, you think he's really good too, though. That, that, that's. I don't you're not know that he's head coach. You're not pretty good. I don't know that you're right. I don't know that he is. I'll say this: he's obviously outstanding at building uh, a program. Uh, I I still have some questions about how good of a game day guy he is. Right. Uh, but he can get better. Kirby Smart got better, and uh, and so I mean, I so I and because the resistance is so pathetic in the ACC. I think he's going to continue to win. Like, he's not going to have another seven win or less season with the Seminoles. I mean, barring, like, 20 injuries, you know, something just crazy with attrition uh, because that conference has become such an absolute joke that I just don't think the resistance is there for Florida State to do anything worse than, like, 9-3. and three. And in, a, in some years, I think Florida State's going to be close to what they were this year. I don't know that they'll go, like, 12-0 and 0 and run through it, but yeah, I think ten and two, eleven and one. I think that's going to be there. And I think to your point, I think eventually it's got to be fatiguing 
Now, Florida State, to their credit, has poured investment into football. And, but at some point, if they don't get out from the ACC, if they don't get – it's not only get out from the ACC, it's get into the Big Ten or the SEC, then they will eventually be at a financial disadvantage. And most football coaches just – they're not going to be – you know, they're not going to be tolerant of playing on an uneven playing condition when it's available for them to go elsewhere – where the deck is more stacked in their favor. So that's what I see. I would, I would think he does well at FSU, but eventually, uh, you know, I think eventually the right dream opportunity. I don't think he'll be like Jimbo Fisher, who basically sends out resumes every offseason. But I think, I think eventually the right job will come, and he will be, unlike Alabama, he'll be the primary guy that they want. And uh, I think it'll be too much to pass up. But both of you think FSU will exit the AC, be able to exit the ACC I don't and land know. In another conference? I don't know. I've gone back and forth on that. I, I, I almost now think that's not going to happen. I, I just I – just, so because I think that would change my opinion. If you could tell me they're going to be in the Big Ten, he might settle in. Because I don't see him as an NFL guy. I see him as college guy. He's, yeah, he's a little agree. Kirby smart in him, so I don't see him as, as NFL. And, look, FSU is not a program you escape. The conference is when you escape. Now, again, right. Florida's not a program you escape either, but I'll, but I'll stand my ground on this. If Billy Napier had turned out to be fantastic or turns out to be fantastic, Florida's got a fight on their hands if Georgia or Alabama come open. He was raised in Georgia. He's, he's, from, he's a southern guy. Florida's not a southern state. It's not. It's, uh, it's in the SEC. He's a southern guy, man. He's, he's, he's old school. Southern. Florida hasn't had a lot of old school southern coaches. Think about this. They haven't had that. Charlie Pell was that, okay? Charlie Pell was old-school Southern coach. Uh, Will Muschamp was that. But I promise you Mullen wasn't that. Urban wasn't that. McElwain wasn't that. Spurrier was Southern. Spurrier, yeah. Because he's from Tennessee? You know what's funny? Yes and no. He's, He's from there. He's from there. But I don't know that I feel like he was Southern. He was more NFL guy than good old Southern boy to me, you know? So I hear you. So it's a little of both. From the South, but I don't feel like raised on Southern. Do you? I don't feel like raised on Southern football guy when I think of Spurrier. I would say, yeah, Southern. I mean, Johnson City, Tennessee. Oh, no, he's from the South. Yeah. I just, I just it may be. No, I will say, like, I, I mean, Galen Hall was from, like, Penn State, right? Correct, yeah. From the Northeast. He wasn't, I guess so, when I think of Southern guy, I eliminate any interest in the NFL. And I, just, I don't, I don't yeah. know why that. I don't well, know why I quite mean, quite that way, but I, I kind of eliminate. I'm not as worried if Billy Napier ends up being great. I'm not as worried about him leaving Florida. Yeah. To, to go to Alabama or, or Georgia. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could happen, but yeah. um, but I, I that would surprise me, particularly since yeah. that's not his alma mater. Yeah. It'd be one thing. The alma mater card is always a concern. Absolutely. Well, he's not leaving Florida to go to Furman. Right. So uh not not voluntarily <laughs> so um you know i i think in terms of uh napier I, I if napier does succeed then i don't think he leaves for another college but uh you know in 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 looking at it uh with norvell yeah i mean i i think right. i the thing too to me is it's not just can they get out from the acc it's is the sec or the big 10 going to invite them right. and here's the other part of that if they invite them, are they going to then say, yeah, we'll take you, but you've got no leverage, right. so we're going to pay you a very reduced share right. for six years. So you could have crippling legal fees, plus even when you get out, 
you're not getting the hundred million a year that you thought. You know, for I mean, some of these schools, what what Florida State is going to have to deal with is all these schools that just left SMU and Cal and all these schools that left and said we'll take reduced rates right. and payouts. That's going to hurt FSU. What about? Uh, and we'll, we'll get to that. That's a very interesting point. Let's stay on the coaches. Todd Golden. Where's Todd Golden in ten years? Head coach of an NBA team. Pick your NBA team. NBA. What about you? Coaching the Miami Heat. He's Spolster's uh, successor. Yeah, he uh, he's got that written all over him. I might go there, but if he's good, I also could see him at UCLA, West Coast guy. I could see him at prominent Kansas. Yeah, I could see him in North, yeah. Car- North Carolina. Florida's basketball coach could absolutely get poached yeah, I, I, by I, I, not, a North Carolina. Not, not a dude. could. I yeah. think will. Well, would probably. Because yeah. he, cause he's got no ties to the region. Correct. He's got no, no – he's, he's, and he's, and I think – I don't see it as much with Napier, but yeah. with Golden, yeah. absolutely he could well, take yeah. a bigger job yeah, in right, college basketball. Right. Say what you want. Florida football is a forever blue blood, you know. Florida basketball is not, and so I so I could so I could see so for me, I could kind of see that at some point. Um, Doug Peterson at fifty eight. Yeah, what is he now? Fifty five now. Okay, so you're just like in fifteen years. years. Yeah, yeah, seven eight years. Uh, Doug Peterson retires with eight Super Bowl championships. (laughs) You know what? One with Philly and seven (laughs) with the Jaguars. I uh, I'll tell you this. I'm probably not going to go eight Super Bowl tips, although I might. <laughs> but I, uh, but I do think uh, he's the Jaguars coach for a long time. I think Chad's tired of changing coaches. I think I think Doug's not the guy that's looking to change jobs a lot. I think he's. He, I don't think he ever wanted to leave Philly. I'll bet you he's the Jaguars football coach for a because because good coaches are staying a long time now. They're, well, the NFL, the good coaches don't jump. They, they get fired sometimes. They don't jump. I'll bet he's the coach for – I'll bet you 10 years from now he's the Jaguars football coach. I'll tell you that right now. I think he's the Jaguars football coach for as long as he wants to be with retirement somewhere. Yeah. I don't think he's going to coach till he's yeah. 75. Yeah. I think he he voluntarily retires at some point. By the way, what about Mario Cristobal, who's 53? We didn't get to Mario. Good, good call. I think Mario Cristobal is the offensive line coach at Texas. I think uh, – I don't think uh, – I, I think he's another guy that, could, that, that you're right. Memphis would hire him. I don't think it's going to work in Miami. I, and in fairness to him, I'm not sure it would with anybody, but I don't see I don't see a happy landing in Miami for him. What about you? I think he'll win the Nobel Prize for mathematics. Okay. Um, <laughs> I uh, I think that uh, I think he'll be, be probably, I, I think he'll get a long leash at Miami yeah. because they realize I think how tenuous their program would be. So I'll say that. I'll say he's at Miami another six, seven years with middling success, uh, and eventually they part ways, and he goes and you know becomes the most sought-after offensive yeah. line coach in college football. One thing, but he would get another head job if he want. He'd get one of the. He'd get a group of five job if he wanted it. The one interesting thing is we get set to go to break here, bringing Pete Prisco. The one set thing, the interesting thing to me, is. Are the expect have the expectations changed at Miami and Florida and schools that haven't been to the mountaintop? If if all of a sudden you got a nine or ten win coach, is that good for the long haul? I if, think in Miami it is. Yeah, in, my, in Miami I think it would be. I, I think, think it I, would th- be. I think if you never bust it, if you never bust past, if you're winning no no fewer than nine and as many as ten, I yeah. Well, and again, what's my see? This is where it's really interesting because Florida State has been the the whiner in the ACC. 
No one else has really – I mean, there have been complaints here yeah, and there. Clemson but, is quiet. Clemson yeah. let FSU carry the torch. Correct. But a school like Miami, in my opinion, has been very quiet yeah. about the whole thing. So, like, where do they see themselves? What is their ultimate goal? What becomes a Miami football? Because Miami football could get left behind. And if it gets left behind, well, then everything changes. Cristobal probably has to try and get out of there. Yeah. Or does he stay even though it's – you know, harder to, to compete for a national title, but it's his alma mater, and, and because of that, do they – you know, it's – Miami is interesting because you, you really don't know where they're going over the next 10 years, assuming the ACC collapses. Now, if the grant of rights stays in place, then we know where they'll be in until 2036. Right. But uh, Miami's one that – I could see it going either way, that they're very aggressive to get out. I think they certainly have the money to fight it if they want. Or do they just kind of – I don't know, except whatever happens. I, I'm surprised they I'm, – really, I'm surprised that all the other schools that won out have been so quiet compared to Florida State, who basically has taken a Molotov cocktail and thrown it through <laughs> ACC really headquarters. Have. They really have. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Let's get it to the NFL. Our friend Pete Prisco joined us, brought to you by Showtime on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Time for all things Jaguars and NFL with Pete Prisco. The Prisco Report, presented by Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Showtime. On the Frangie Show. Time to talk a little NFL with my buddy Pete Prisco from CBSSports.com. It is brought to you by Showtime. Showtime tomorrow has got that monthly in-store card show. It's from 9 to 4. Man, it is a great card show. Uh, they've got uh, all kind of vendors, all kind of items. If you're a collector, you got to get in there. It's on Phillips Highway at the end of Shad Road. They do a great job. And remember, tomorrow, once a month, they have that in-store card show. From 9 to 4, it is fantastic. And you stopped by a time or two. Oh, Jackson and I love love Showtime. And they were so nice. Uh, J.D. Richard came out yesterday or two days ago, brought Jackson a, a pack of fresh baseball cards, yeah. nice. which he opened last night. He got Shohei Otani. How about that? How about that? That's a good start. And many more. So he was very excited. And, yeah, whenever it's his birthday, Christmas, uh, we roll into Showtime or if we're just in the neighborhood. Because yeah. it's, it's – I love it. I it's mean, a great card. Uh, I mean, I love really. walking through it, but uh, but he absolutely yeah. adores it. So uh, yeah, if you're looking for a place, it's Showtime. And JD and Richard kind enough to bring us a bunch of stuff that we use in auction items for walk off. So thank you, fellas. We, we sure appreciate that. Let's say hello to Pete Prisco. Checks in now. Pete, how you doing, buddy? You know, last week I was uh, on my on set working on Saturday, and I'm freezing, and the fountains are blowing cold water on me. And I look at this thing. I look on Twitter, and Frank's playing golf in like 90 degree, 80 degree weather, <laughs> or whatever it was. I'm like, use it. I was so pissed at you. <laughs> <laughs> and and Pete, just if I can rub it in just a little bit, the pictures didn't do justice to how perfect the weather was that day. Just so you know, uh, I, I was so envious, and I'm thinking, oh my god, well, <laughs> it was as perfect as about as perfect as it could be. Pete, all kind of things to get to. Um, let's start with Ryan Nielsen. Uh, he spoke to the media. I I like this guy. I like what he said. I like the fact that they made him available. Um, you, you all had. I think you had a good feeling about him anyway, but uh, did you glean anything from what he said, and, and what are your thoughts on the new coordinator here? Uh, nothing but uh, good things heard about him from people in the league. I mean, he's, he's a coach. coach. They love him. He's going to get the best out of those defensive linemen for sure. He's going to be a good play caller. The 
only negative is he's a USC guy. That's the only negative on his, <laughs> uh, on his resume. And we got to listen to Vaselli talk about how great he is every week, even if they're giving up <laughs> 600 yards. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he's a great hire. I really do. I think he's, he's the kind of guy they need in that building to get the best out of that defense. Pete, from uh, listening to uh, Ryan talk yesterday, I, I really I haven't been super on board with corner at 17 for the Jaguars, but to hear him talk about you know how you get off the field on third down and, and quarterbacks get the ball out of their hands so quick, you've got to be sticky and let your edge rush get there. I, 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 do you like corner at 17 if, if the right guy is there? And is that the reading that you got from listening to Ryan? Well, all you got to do is look at the Super Bowl last week. I mean, there's your example. You had uh, Legereus Sneed and, and Trent McDuffie locked up the two receivers for San Francisco, and even with their supposedly great pass rush, um, they, they weren't able to, you know, the, a, a pass rush that, you know, other than Chris Jones isn't great, they weren't able to get the ball out and get to open guys. And so when I look at that, I say, you know what? It makes a lot of sense to grab a corner, and, and, and it helps. You know, they work hand-in-hand. It helps now with being able to cover in man-to-man situations and locking guys up and not playing off coverage and having a guy who can go up and and press the guy and run with him and stay with him. So, yeah, it would definitely make sense. Now, I'm all for usually drafting big people if you need them and they need them. So if you look at where they fall, if there's a really good player there that's a big guy that can help the offensive line or – uh, you know, a big defensive interior lineman, then, then I would consider that. But cornerback certainly a priority for that team. Pete, after the Super Bowl, I always like to compare the Jaguars roster to the two teams. Which roster is the Jaguars closer to, the Chiefs or the 49ers? Well, I think the, 40, I think the 49ers roster is better, but there's always the Mahomes factor. You know, this Chiefs team was gettable. You know, this was not one of the better Chiefs teams. You know, you look at both tackles, and by the way, Anybody in Jacksonville who wasn't was mad, and I was one of them. I thought they should keep Jawan Taylor. He did not play well for for the uh, Chiefs this year. Uh, the left tackle was a problem. Uh, the receivers couldn't catch the ball. They had you know really until Rice emerged late in the season they had all kinds of issues. They're good on defense, but if you were going to get the Chiefs, this was the year to get them. Uh, so I, I'd say Jacksonville's roster is closer to the Chiefs with one asterisk next to it. They don't have Michael Jordan playing quarterback. And, and, that, and that's the thing. So let, let's talk a little bit about the, the Super Bowl and, and the Chiefs. I agree with you. Here's why I thought they were gettable. They made a mistake, I think, Pete, Brent Veach in building that team and not valuing wide receivers. Their receiving core was no good. And they had Kelsey, who's great. And they had the rookie. but they, And they got away with it. And now you know they're going to load up on some receivers. So isn't that one of the reasons they were that gettable is because out wide they weren't very good, I don't think, Pete. Well, they tried to address receiver. You know, Sky Moore was a, a second-round yeah. pick and hadn't worked out. I mean, they, they tried to address it, just hadn't worked out for him. But you're right. When you don't have – okay, trading away Tyree Kill, everybody looks at that. But, you know, that defense is pretty much built on what they got back from Tyree Kill. So it worked out for them. They still won two Super Bowls without him. But you're right. The element of having a type of guy like that, they didn't have. And they need to get it, and I think they will get it. They'll, they'll probably use a draft pick on a wide receiver. They'll probably also look into the veteran free agent market, and there's a lot of guys in there that can help that offense. And, and you know guys are going to want to go play there with Mahomes. So I, I think they'll address it in the offseason, and they'll be much better next year. Pete, do you like the idea of the Jaguars in free agency throwing, let's say, $11 million a year at a center 
and eight million a year at a right guard? Well, I'll give you an example. I'll give, I'm doing my top 100 free agent list for for next week. Yes, I, there's no time off. You know that. Um, <laughs> Andre James from the Raiders is a guy. If I were them, I would take a long, hard look at him. Um, you know, he's been a consistent starter. He's not the overpowering center, but man, he's good in pass protection. He can move the way they move their people. Uh, I think he would make a lot of sense for them in their offense at, at, at center. And then if you want to address guard, there's some other guard. You know, Kevin Zeitler's a veteran guard. Uh, there's some other guys in this. You know, Michael Onwenu has played tackle and guard for the Patriots. He's a guy that you can keep an eye on as well. I think if they – would I do it? Yes, I would address it. I would make sure Josh Allen's back. I would do everything I can to try and get Ridley back. I'm not going to go crazy on the contract. I would get two offensive linemen in, 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 uh, in free agency if I could. And then in, in, in the draft, I would address corner – and, and then maybe even come back, get some more young weapons to go with that offense. How do the Jaguars get a guy like Chris Jones? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. I think Chris Jones is going to go back. I really do. And he kind of, you know, he shouldn't have said what he said at the parade because he just, uh, you know, told his agent, look, it doesn't matter. I want to come back. But he said he wants to go back. And, you know, there is an attractiveness there to go back to the Chiefs and try and win. Three in a row. I mean, nobody's ever done it. I mean, that that would be incredible, and I think that's why they're going to end up with some of those guys like him, maybe even Willie Gay, guys, free agents on the list. They're going to end up going back to Kansas City. So, so let me go back to where you were with the Jacks for a second, because I like what you're thinking. Let's say, for the, for argument's sake, they they free up money with cutting Cam and Rayshon Jenkins, and they free up some dollars. Your your form because I agree with it. I think. Your formula would be use the dollars on offensive line, interior offensive line, keep the guys that you've now got a mechanism to keep with both Ridley and Josh Allen, and then draft skill, right? Is that, I, mean, I mean, it's not that yeah. black and white, but that's kind of it, right? Yeah, and maybe you know, at some point in the draft or even in free agency, you still have some more money, get a big wide body. You know, to yeah. go help in the defensive line. You know, like, it doesn't have to be an expensive guy. You know, you, I'll give you one. I don't know what... Stewart's going to get from, you know, he suspended six games last year from the Colts, but you saw what he can do when he plays. Oh, I mean, he handled them in the interior. He's a good player yeah. in the interior. Daquan Jones, he's up in the years, but you can get a guy like that. So, yeah, I, I do think you can spend your money on your linemen, draft skill people, corner, maybe even another, you know, receiver, um, those kind of people in the draft. I think that's what they need to do. Any chance C.J. Stroud has a sophomore slump? No. Zero. None. It's baby Dan Marino. He walked in. He threw it. He was outstanding throwing it, and I don't think he's going to get worse. That kid has it. And, again, I compare him to Marino in large part because Marino was good in college, and Frank will remember this. He was a good player in college, but he was a great NFL player, and I think that's where we go with C.J. Stroud. Pete, by the way, how did Vegas do as far as the Super Bowl is concerned? I know you didn't love the weather. Fantastic. It's a great venue. I mean, it is. It, it, everything is right there. I mean, you know, it's easy to get around. Now, the traffic was got really bad. What happened was there were a lot of 49er fans who didn't go to the game but came to Vegas. Because, you know, he can go to Vegas and not go to the game and still have a good time. And so a lot of them came. So the crowds, by the end of the week, it was because there was a West Coast team in the game. Uh, there was a lot of 49er fans that didn't go to the game but made it crowded. So from a crowd standpoint, it's not great, but they have so many things to do in restaurants and bars and, and, and 
you know, it's easy to move around. That it was, it was, it, it's, they will be back there and they will be back there soon. Yeah, I would think Vegas would be a perfect venue. Final thing, we'll let you go. All right, Pete, now the offseason is here, but the schedule doesn't stop. Uh, the league year starts March uh, 11th, at least that's when the legal tampering begins. Um, um, what do you think this time around? Are the Jags active? Are they active with their own people? Do they spend in free agency? I mean, we're going to be, we're all be at the combine. I think Doug and Trent are both coming on with me, so I'll get a little bit of a, an idea. But is this, is this an offseason of activity uh, across the board in your mind? I bet Trent won't come on with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think this should be an off-season activity. Look, you, you showed a year ago where you were, and it just didn't happen this year. You, you're not that far off. You, you, know, you, right. you, you played that Super Bowl team. You led them 3-0 until the stupid decision at the end of the half. You led them 3 nothing. Your defense shut that offense down. Now, that was a different offense back then, but you still you shut them down. So, yeah, I, I do think they need to go for it. Go get it. Go get guys. You have a quarterback. You know, he might have a new deal, but he might not. And go get guys to supplement him, A, get physical on both sides of the ball, but also be able to do things on defense you couldn't do because your corners couldn't play man coverage. I, I think that's what they have to do in the offseason. Again, Andre James, a, a center, a, get a guard, get a big guy somehow, some way in the middle of that defense, and then draft the skill people like the corners and, and, and another wide receiver, and I think you'll be fine moving forward. I love the formula. Pete Prisco checking in from CBS Sports. You guys going next com. week? Yeah, uh, we will be at the Combine. Yes, we will. We'll be there, and I'll, uh, I'll track you down, and we'll uh, go to Prime 47 or 47 Prime, wherever you're the mayor, and we'll hang out. That's what we're going to do. That's the plan. You got it. We will definitely do that. And uh, I, By the way, it's a week from Monday, in case anybody's wondering. Uh, not that I'm counting down today. It's a week from Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Pete, thanks, buddy. Have a good weekend. See you guys. All right, Pete Frisco checking in from CBSSports.com. As always, brought to you by Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Again, the in-store card show is tomorrow, 9 until 4. They do a fantastic job of that. All those vendors tomorrow. And, and Hayes, remind us one more time how much you're a card guy. You were oh, a card guy growing up. Jackson's a card guy. You yeah, loved it. I, yeah, it's fantastic. I'm 47. I love it. Jackson's 13. He loves it. So if you're in any one of those right. uh, demographics, That's exactly go right. check out or, Showtime. Or anywhere in between. Showtime's sports cards and collectible on Phillips Highway at the end of Shad Road. Morning Moment. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. of a Big Chief Tire Friday on the Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire. We appreciate our friends from Big Chief Tire all over town. If you want to, whether you need tires, brakes, oil change, alignment, Big Chief Tire Company, that's the place to go. They do a fantastic job. They really do. They're great friends of the show, great sponsors of the show. Now those five locations. Orange Park is the newest one. We love going out there and doing a remote out there. They've got the two on the west side. South side's over here on Phillips Highway. The north side as well. So if you need an automotive service of any kind, uh, go see our friends at Big Chief Tire Company. They do a great job, and we certainly do appreciate our friends from Big Chief. Uh, Pete made some interesting points. I like his I like his plan. I do too. I, I think the plan is I would agree with that. It's never that black and white. I know that. I mean, it's never, never that cut and dried. But if you can go get your offensive line fixed with – with veterans, go get maybe one more veteran that's, that's some depth along the defensive front, 
and then use your keep your two key guys that are Allen and, and Ridley. And you've got the wherewithal to do that. Yeah. And then use your draft for corners and receivers. Again, it's not quite that cut and dried, but I like that. I like that model. I do. I do too. And and I think it is a attainable path. I mean, I I, I think there there will be some centers available. I, Pete mentioned the the Vegas center he likes. I, the expectation is the Dolphin center is going to be available. Uh, he is a quality young player. So, you know, they, they, you're going to have to spend a little bit at center, but they could do it. And and guard is pretty economical. I mean, they, it's not going to be a Brandon Sheriff contract or an Andrew Norwell contract or a Zane Beatles contract. I mean, God almighty, how many guards have they paid? <laughs> um, but uh, it's not going to have to be extreme money for a guard. Uh, they, they need a competent starter at right guard. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think both those boxes can certainly be checked off in free agency. And then, yeah, you have the ability at 17 to kind of let the board fall to you. I mean, look, I mean, it's, it's one of those things I don't think is going to happen, but you're at 17. There's probably going to be four quarterbacks selected in the first 16, so you're taking the 13th best non-quarterback. I mean, what if – Brock Bowers falls to yeah, you. Yeah. I mean, like there I'm could sprinting to the podium. right. I mean, there could be the there could be the special talent that somehow gets to seventeen right. that no one thought would be there, and it's like, well, it doesn't really necessarily fit exactly our biggest need, but how do we turn down well taking this player? And to that end, Lauren, the everybody loves to talk about value over need. I don't. I rarely believe them, but the teams that can do that are the teams that already have a decent roster and were active in free agency to fill the holes they didn't have, then it does become value over need if you've, if you've addressed a lot of your need in the free agent period. I mean, other than running back and linebacker, if I told you all they selected any other position in quarterback, if I told you all they selected any other position, you'd probably go, well, I, I can see it. Maybe not safety, but as far as cornerback is concerned, certainly wide receiver, offensive line, uh, Tight end, okay, probably not. But for the most, you know, get if my point. If it was Bowers, maybe. But, yeah, it's Bowers yeah, yeah. It would be the exception to the right. rule. Otherwise, yeah, you're not drafting a tight end. Yeah. But I'm just saying that they have needs at multiple positions. Edge rusher, like we've talked about, I mean, you need another guy if Josh Allen or Trayvon Walker, if one of them goes down, who do you have behind them? And I'll say this, too. This won't be popular with you or, or little fans. Or I understand not wanting to say Luke Fortner is the biggest bust of all time. Let's cut him. I understand that. But to your point and the point we've all made, either A, he has to play much better, and B, they've got to bring in competition at the very least in the event that he doesn't. You know, I understand having a guy that you like, having a guy that, that wasn't terrible as a rookie, a guy that looked like he went backwards a little bit, believing there's Literally still, backwards. Yeah, yeah, well, that too. <laughs> but, but, but believing you got a guy that there's something there. I get believing there's something there. I, I, yeah. I'm okay with that. And I wouldn't cut him. He's, yeah. too, he's cheap, yeah. and you got two more years left and on the deal. Lot, and there's a he, lot of, he just, in my opinion, is a backup. Yeah, he needs competition, and he needs to either beat out that competition legitimately or be the backup. And I think that's so – I, so I get that. I mean, I, and, and they've made that clear. There's nobody I've heard in that building that thinks we're done with, we're done with Luke Fortner. I haven't heard that anywhere. But I think you're okay to say, hey, he's got to play better. He's got to play better or somebody else has got to go play. That, that's the bottom line. Play better or somebody else has to go play. So, but, I, but I, again, I, I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth either. I have stood by this since midseason on. That's the hole in the football team this year. That, that has more to do with the eight losses in my mind than Trevor 
play calling, injuries, the 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 interior offensive line. I just thought it got really hard, man. They couldn't. There was no holes for ETN. Trevor had very few clean pockets. Uh, Trevor tried to force stuff because he didn't have a lot of clean pockets. I thought there was a lot of truth to all of that. I, I again, I so so it'll be interesting to see if they do it. Uh, Lauren, I was telling Hayes, you were just walking up. I like the Prisco model. Mm-hmm. I like the. I really do like the model of pay, use your free somehow. Somehow, make sure you keep Josh Allen and try and keep Ridley. I like both those guys on the team. If you have to f- create some dollars with Cam or Rayshon or whoever, but then use your free agent dollars to go improve the interior of your offensive line. And th- and I think you said this too, by the way. And then use your draft picks to improve your skill. Because you don't want rookie or- offensive linemen up and down. No, yeah. you don't. Well, well, you'd rather not have any. You know, you already yeah, I mean, you had, you had one last year yeah. who performed ab- right. above all expectations, even though we thought he'd be good. But other right. than that, yeah, you don't you don't want, I feel like, that much youth there. By the way, is Tyler Shatley on the team next year? No. Okay. He's not. You say that. <laughs> he might retire. But he, right. But but Dave, but Dave um, we've been cutting him so many years. But if he doesn't yeah. retire, I feel I like he's, he's on, the on the team. Oh, yeah. If he, <laughs> I would agree. Team. If he doesn't retire. And he should be on the team. Sure he Absolutely. He's cheap, and he can play basically Every, any position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he is so, on the team. But I, I, I don't know. I, I wonder if – I mean, he's had a nice run. He I sure mean, has. I've heard so some I've, talk that he considered retiring and now is reconsidered. Oh, okay. So I, I, th- I think there's uh, – and I don't know if that's correct or not, but I think uh, – I think Tyler Tyler might be on the football. You got team. one more year in your shot, and I hope he is on the. I hope he is on the team. I, I I agree with you. He's a he's a good guy. He's a good guy to have around. Plays a lot of positions, and he's a tough guy. And he I mean, he he's a tough physical guy. So I uh, I think there's a chance he does stick around. So we'll see what happens. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's update you on some college baseball. I got a thought or two about college baseball too. Uh, let's talk about that. When we come back. We're live, by the way, from the Walk Off Charities High School Baseball and Softball Classic, our sixth annual. Uh, live from uh, Bregan Baseball Complex at Fort Family Regional Park. You had to remind me. I said five. You had to remind me at six. This is our sixth This annual. is six. And we're yeah, excited. amazing. We're, we're excited to be out here. We're having a lot of fun. When we come back, we'll talk college baseball and more. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Chief Tire Friday on the Frangie Show. For all of your tires and automotive service needs, it's Big Chief Tire. Bruce Springsteen and baseball, those have to go together yeah, for do. you. Absolutely. Not just like do. glory days and stuff, yeah. but in general. Yeah, because that's, you know what, that, that's the Springsteen in the 70s and the 80s and when I was, in, yeah, absolutely. They go, yeah, it, it, there's a power to both. Yeah, for me at least. He could throw that speedball by you. Make you look like a fool. That's right. All by right. the way, I've got something. This is not yeah. Springsteen, but it's kind of the same genre. Uh, have I, did, I don't know if you guys saw this on Twitter. So, Billy Joel was on the Stern show, okay. uh, and he's with his piano, and Stern's a monster, huge Billy Joel fan, and they're, they're friends. Uh, this so, was a while ago. No, this just happened. I oh, mean, okay. I think he's interviewed him several times, okay, okay. but this interview just Post happened. Post-Grammys, probably? You, you can, yes. Oh, you can right. find okay. this on uh, Twitter. Okay. okay. And I have so, not seen this. you got to check this out. So, he, they're talking, and he, uh, he explains... Billy Joel explains what he believes is his greatest song. And forgive me, I, I don't know. I can't remember the name of okay. it. So it wasn't a song that I was familiar with, but I don't know his whole catalog. I just know, like, the hit songs. Yeah, yeah. 
And so he talks about playing it and the notes and the different quality of note and how this is what makes it a sad song. But if I don't play this, you know, it, it, cha- it is awesome. It's only about a 90-second clip, right, okay. right. but it is fascinating. And they had two or three others that were similar to it. If you're a Billy Joel fan, you'll absolutely – I mean, I, I liked it. I like yeah. Billy Joel, but I'm not like – Oh, I'm a huge Billy Joel fan. Yeah. But for somebody that's a diehard, yes, you've yes. got to go see this. It's really cool to see him talk about his that. process. Yeah, I will. I, you know what? I'm gonna, I'll probably do it this weekend because I love stuff. So. Yeah, the weather's going to be lovely, so yeah. you may as well. Billy Joel, Billy Joel on Stern, <laughs> is that what I would yeah. YouTube? Yeah. I would just I would just go to on Twitter, go to Stern's show, because okay. that's who was tweeting out the oh, highlights right. oh, of it. Oh, okay. And, I mean, the, I'm sure the whole interview's great. I only watched the, the two or three uh, yeah. clips that were on yeah. there. Yeah, Billy Joel's an interesting guy. He's not always the happiest guy. He's he's a yeah. he, have you ever seen him interviewed? Mm-hmm. He's a, he can be a snarky. Uh, I, I I even can tell you when he did the when he did the when he did the national anthem here. Wasn't it here for the Super Bowl? He did the anthem. Or was it? I Tampa? don't remember. Did he do the anthem here or Tampa? Did we have Billy Joel and Paul McCartney at the same night? I think we might have. Wow. If, if not, I may be getting it mixed up with Tampa. It might have been. He might have been doing. He might have. I wanted to say it was here, but if not. It might have been Tampa when when Springsteen played halftime. Okay. I saw Springsteen do halftime in Tampa, and I saw McCartney do halftime here, and I could have sworn Billy Joel did the anthem for one of them. And it was media. And anyway, it was the uh, – and I look, I'm a huge Billy Joel fan. Right, but he was crusty. He was crusty. I mean, to me – 2007 was the Super Bowl, so it wasn't here. Okay, it wasn't here. So, but it was it – was that maybe Tampa? That was might it, have been. Was that, that the one that was in Tampa? And, and he also did 1989, but that doesn't factor in. No, I think it, was, it, was, it would have been 2000. Anyway, whatever year it was, I was at re- Radio Row. It might have been, might have been Tampa. I was, at Harris, I, wherever it was, I was at, I was at Radio Row that year, mm-hmm. and I, and it might have been, and so, and I can remember being at Radio Row, and him, um, and someone said, well, "Will you be nervous?" Or you know, I mean, he's, he's at Media Day. Yeah, he's there to answer questions. Right. You know, that, that's why. And so. Yeah. So, what you think I've never done this before? I mean, nerve, you really? You think you think, you think I'm going to get them nervous? I'm playing, and I just remember yeah. the answer. I'm thinking, come on, Billy, right, don't right. be that guy. Because yeah. I saw when Springsteen, when Springsteen did halftime in Tampa, I was at that. I know I was at that media day, and in course, I'm a Springsteen. I'm a fan of both. Springsteen was fantastic. He was funny. He was. He was. Do you remember Prince at media day? Oh yeah, first question, and he like starts to answer, and then just. Yeah. Plays a ten-minute set and he's done. Yeah, that was it. They asked. They asked Prince. Do you know that, Lauren? They asked Prince a question when he was doing halftime. He they asked him a question at media day. He looked at the mic, didn't really answer. Just started playing his guitar. He about a ten-minute rift and walked off. Yeah. That was media day. It was fantastic. Oh, well, I love that. Uh, yeah, Billy Joel's cool. anthem was in Miami. I'm a, I was there. I, I was there for the media day. Where, where, wherever it was. I was there for the. I was there for the, and I did. We did a bunch of media days in Miami. So I was the there. one here in Jacksonville, we had combined choirs of the U.S. Military Academy, the Naval Academy, the Air Force Academy, and the Coast Guard Academy. And then, and then McCartney at halftime. Yeah. So I, uh, but I, rem- I remember, I remember being being there in Miami for that. Yeah, that was again. I remember doing that. I remember being yeah. at that radio row. And the, uh, but well, you're going to love hearing him talk about. It's be awesome. Yeah, yeah the, 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 his process on on some of these. I, and I love stuff like and that. And don't you think most 
incredibly talented musicians have like a screw loose. Like yeah, yeah, I, that's I, how yeah. they became yeah. such geniuses. Yeah. Or that's why they are such geniuses. And I think he's mellow because he's because I've been to a lot of his concerts obviously lately. He's funny now when he's in a concert. He makes fun of how old he is. Makes fun of his like artificial hips. He's like, I don't get around like I used to. I used to have no, no. I got two new hips, you know. And so he, he's he's kind of funny. I mean, when he when he played uh, when he played Madison Square Garden, it was still one of the best shows I ever saw. Maybe it's just maybe just because I knew I was going to see Billy in the Garden. Sure. You know, but when we saw him last May. I think it was last May or the year before in May. We Suzanne and I went, and the first thing he said is uh, he plays the first two or three songs. Then he starts talking. He goes. I'm Billy Joe. We're the house band. Okay, and it, 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 it was it was fantastic. It was Rod really, Stewart's this weekend. Rod Stewart. Yeah, and I don't think we're going. And I and I listen. I, this weird because I'm not dying to see Rod Stewart play the whole Rod Stewart catalog. I want to see Rod Stewart play Maggie May. Right. That, I, I'm, I'm that guy. I want. I wanted just have a friend who's going yeah, face right. you during Maggie May. I, I want to hear, I, but I want to see Rod Stewart play Maggie. But I'm not going to go to the concert for that. The only Rod Stewart I really like is old Rod Stewart. Yeah. You wear it well, Angel. The the the, the Maggie May. This the '70s Rod Stewart. All the other stuff doesn't really do it for me. You know. Yeah, he has a song that when I was a kid, because see, I don't, I wasn't around for Maggie May and things like that. So in the '80s. You know, when I was a degenerate metalhead, <laughs> right? Um, I uh, well, or more of yeah, a degenerate. Right. Yeah, we go. Okay. So I, uh, so I would make fun of Rod Stewart in his videos yeah, on MTV yeah, yeah. And, and things like that. And then as I got older, I he has a song that now I really appreciate, but at the time I thought was ridiculously stupid, and it's the song, <laughs> gosh, um, forever young. Okay. Oh, I love Forever Young. It's a great yeah. song. Yeah. But in it, he talks about being a dad, and mm-hmm. and as as you fly away, I hope yeah. I hope you feel like I've served you well. Right. And, I mean, now I can barely listen to. It. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like you know you don't you know that doesn't resonate with you when you're like yeah. 11, 12 years yeah, old. Right. That's right. Well, but uh, but well, I still wouldn't go see him for Forever Young. I, yeah, I yeah. but I would see him for Maggie May. <laughs> yeah, right, if you right. could drop me in there for Same five here. minutes. Same here. I'd go. Yeah, and, and but I there was. When he when he, when I was growing up, when I was in the seventies, Maggie May, by the way, is one of the most epic rock ballads of all time. It's 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 a top ten rock song ever. It really is. I don't care who you are, it is. And he played. Do you remember "You Wear It Well," which came out at the same time? Do you know the song "Angel"? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- those were that's my Rod Stewart. But but the do you think I'm sexy and even forever young? That it's forever young's a great song. But that wasn't the Rod Stewart that I yeah. I grew up on. So so I would would I would I would I pay the money and go and wait around just to see him see Maggie May? Probably not. But that's one of the things I've always said. I want to sing, you know. I want I want to see the band sing the song. I, I never saw the Almond Brothers. I wouldn't. I would like. I'm not the Almond Brothers fan that you are, Lauren. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't mind seeing the Almond Brothers sing Rambling Man. I would have loved to see the Almond Brothers uh, and Leonard Skinner before yeah, yeah, obviously yeah, the yeah, tragedies. Yeah. So, but but I mean to see to see the Almond Brothers sing Melissa and Rambling Man. Then leave. I'd be good. Yeah, I wouldn't need to well, say for the whole no, show. No, you'd like a lot of the. Other I would, ones. but I, but I, but I would, but I, but to see Rod Stewart sing Maggie May. I mean, I just, it's one of the greatest rock songs of all time. Oh, absolutely. It's one of the, it's, it's one of the most epic, great rock songs of all time. I yeah. told you all the story. We were camping last year, and I met this dog. Guy was walking his dog, and I said, "What's your dog's name?" And he said, "Maggie May." And I said, "Oh, the Rod Stewart song." And he goes, "No, there's no connection." <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> 
Well, yeah, there is. There, there, yes, there is. Yeah. Well, whether he knows it or not. Right. So, <laughs> so you ran into an alien yeah, walking a dog right. when yeah. you went camping yeah. last summer. Yeah. I told you, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, he's like, yeah, no, no connection. Well, he's wrong. Okay. Well, there's obviously a connection. <laughs> no, right. You don't, right. There is. There yeah. is a connection. He named his dog Robbie, Maggie Mae. There's a connection. Whether he wants to admit it or not doesn't matter. Okay. Because there's also never. This is my dog, Baba O'Reilly. <laughs> right, right. No connection. <laughs> Oh goodness, that's funny. So, um, but no, I would go just to hear him sing Maggie Mae. Um, I've got an update for you, just as far yeah, as who's playing. We've got West Nassau v. Sandalwood yes. here on the baseball field, and then over on the softball side, it sounded like two games. Yeah, it sounded like um, Providence Fletcher ended, and because we heard a big roar, that's my guess at least. And then Bishop Kenny and Bishop Snyder are still playing softball, and then at five fifteen, we've got Mandarin Nice. Uh, they've been warming up. So my guess, like I said, is that Providence Fletcher has ended. And then elsewhere at 7 p.m., Jackson takes on Baldwin in baseball. And, of course, at Inglewood, Inglewood plays host to Ed White. That's at 6 p.m. Also in softball here, we've got at 7 p.m., Sandalwood Hilliard. And at 7.30, Paxson Episcopal. A lot of games. Seven games today. And that's, uh, and that's, uh, that's how we will wrap the tournament again. We moved everything up to today. We've added one park, just Inglewood. But we've added a bunch of games here at this at this complex because we needed to get done uh, before uh, the rain all hits tomorrow. The rain is going to hit tomorrow. So college baseball. So do you have any updates, JU and UNF updates? I will look. JU and UNF. While she's looking, I was curious. With all these great players and Florida yeah. commitments and, and Florida State commitments, yeah. could Kevin O'Sullivan land a helicopter on this field? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, to, uh, to, you know, recruit. I, I would imagine. Wouldn't that be great? Just, Wouldn't that be something? Just land it right here. Right there. I mean, the, the turf could handle that, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's kind of what I was hoping for here. <laughs> Can I do what I'm laughing? Just don't distract the yeah, baseball don't look players. At him. It would, it don't be. look at him. <laughs> He's here. It's the only sound effect I got, but it is gold. You, you know, I got one sound effect, but I knock it out of the park yeah. every time. Oh, I don't mind telling you. Crush it. That's All my right, so currently, as far as UNF is concerned, UNF is up 9-7 to seven on Delaware. They are in the top of the ninth. Okay. Hold, hold, hang on there. Joe Mercadante's first win, first That's game right. would be a first win. That would be outstanding. And JU against Cincinnati. Yep, and JU – Currently, it looks like they are. T- this was as of 17 minutes ago in the bottom of the seventh. They are tied 6-6. So I'm okay. not sure what's happened since. So a lot of offense in both those games. Yeah, and, absolutely. And one of the reasons is I'm guessing pitchers probably are on a, on a pitch count, mm-hmm. which is why you're going to see some run score early on. It'll be interesting to see. So Florida plays t- t- tonight against St. John's. FSU starts year two under Link Jarrett. Uh, Kevin o- Kevin O'Sullivan just got a big extension. I wonder why. College baseball never became a thing. I know the regionals are on ESPN now, the College World Series. We all watch the College World Series. But it, but with everything now on TV, it wasn't a thing back in the day because everything wasn't on TV. But it never became a thing. It, it never – college baseball never – college basketball and college football became a thing. Well, baseball is the next stop. I mean, in America, football, basketball, and baseball are the three sports. Hockey is great in some regions. But football, basketball, and baseball are the three. But it never became a thing. Is that, I, wonder, I wonder why that is. I wonder why it never became a thing. Do you think it's because, for the most part, I know the NBA for a little bit had it, but do you think it's because it's the only sport of the three where the great player goes straight from high school to the big? has to be part of it, doesn't it? And so because the you fan don't need kind of feels first. like right. 
Well, great it's point. A, you know, you're not seeing the best. Great point. You know, like you football, did. you've always had. You, you, yes, the stars play in college, and they play multiple years. And for basketball. And for basketball, for the most part, it you, you've, you've always had to go. You're right. There was, I guess, a 15, 15-year period where you could go straight from high school. Uh, but It's got to be a lot, a big part of it, doesn't it? It I does, know, because I mean, you, never had to, you never had to do the – you, the maturation, you never had to get to know him first in college. You never, you never, but I just, I just think it's really a shame that it never really happened. It never, we never really got to. I think it still could. Yeah, yeah, with everything on TV the way it is, everything streamed, every game's on, on a streaming service or whatnot. It's a shame to me that it never just, it just never happened to where college, I mean, people don't know college baseball players, but we watch that. I think, I think people watch the heck out of that College World Series, don't you think? I do, but that's because I'm your interested team, you, in your, it. And your team's usually in it. Yeah, and I, the yeah. same with uh, college softball. I watch the Women's College World Series if, if the team that I root for is in it. By the way, quick golf update. Tiger Woods had to withdraw from oh, Genesis no. due to illness. Not not due to injury, oh. but he did have to withdraw due to illness. So just as far as it relates to the players, oh. we'll, we'll have to wait and see. That is bad news. Oh, that that's is, awful. That is, that is bad news. So, But I, when, Frank, when, when Major League Baseball was at its height in America – College baseball, college softball. Did people pay you, you a little know, bit more you, attention? You know, in the, I, you know, I didn't, Lauren. Okay, I didn't. It was never on TV. I couldn't have told you anything about. I couldn't tell you anything about college baseball when I was growing up. Not a thing. I could have told you college basketball. I could have told you. I could have told you college football, but I couldn't have told you one thing. It was never. I. The, I finally ESPN. I want to say this was in the gosh early '80s. Tried to make a thing of Sunday night college baseball. Before it had, it was well before ESPN had Major League Baseball. And every Sunday night they had the college baseball. I remember Scott Ruskin, a former Sandwood player, was playing for Florida. And Florida was on one. I think Florida was playing Texas on one of the games. And it just never, it never happened. It just never became a thing. They, and, and I wish it had. We all wish it had. We all wanted to watch it. We all loved, loved following it, but it just never. And, and so, and I guess, it, and it really, it's, even now, 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 SEC Network will have games every weekend once the, once the SEC season starts. They'll have games every weekend. You'll you'll be able ACC Network will have games every weekend. Uh, ESPN, you will have games. But I couldn't tell you any players on Oklahoma, LSU, USC's teams. Not well, ever. Well, college basketball has the same problem. Now, now it does. Yeah. Now, that, that's now, a newer problem. Yeah. Now the postseason is awesome. Right. And everybody right. buys into that. Uh, and, and so I would argue, like, baseball, I think, okay, yeah, no one really pays much attention to the regular season unless you're a, a, a diehard. But I do think people pay attention to the postseason. Right. I mean, because I, there's nothing else going on. Right. I mean, it's, it's at a perfect time in the summer. I mean, you've got the U.S. Open in June, you know, but other than that, I mean, there's not a whole lot of. So I, I was, there's a charm because it's always in the same place. Absolutely. And so, I, you know, I, I do wonder if, if it can get to a point where, yeah, the regular season may never really take off. Uh, but, look, if college basketball's regular season is, is, you know, dormant as it has become, then I don't think that's really anything to be concerned about as long as people get excited about your postseason. Right. And it seems like that's building for baseball. So. And baseball attendance, Frank, seems to be pretty good. The college baseball attendance and softball attendance better than seems to be been. pretty good. Better yeah. than so that's and, what that matters to them. Yeah, and, and I will say the college football and college basketball, the games look like the pro game. Okay, the game, the stadium, college football stadiums look like pro stadiums. I mean, I, I mean, they're different. You know what I mean. Yeah. College basketball arenas look like NBA arenas. 
College baseball stadiums don't. The bats are metal. You know, the bats aren't metal. And when you old school baseball is wooden bats, you know, that's what Major League still is. The stadiums are smaller. The stadiums look more like this. Then a college baseball stadium looks way more like this Bregan baseball complex than it does PNC Park. Mm-hmm. Whereas the football stadium, heck, they play sometimes football stadiums house both. So I think that so the game looks somewhat differently. Do you think if college baseball used wood bats, it'd be different? Or would matter? I don't know enough about it. I mean, I, so. I, it wouldn't affect you as a viewer. It wouldn't affect me. What do you think? I don't think it would affect the casual no, fan. No, probably not. I just, because, because the existence of the metal bat does make it a different game. Why do they do that? Well, they, they went to metal bats 100 years ago, lack of lumber. They just, they just didn't, I mean, with all these college programs, they didn't have enough wood bat. They would break. You couldn't afford them. You know, I mean, I mean number one, lack of lumber to build, to, to make them, and then bats would break all the time. And you, you, college teams, high school teams couldn't afford it. They went to metal bats. That's how old I am. They went to metal bats when I was in the 10th grade. I can remember in the 9th grade, Playing for Southside Junior High, we had wooden bats. I had this Adirondack bat that was a, the back then. Adirondack had the one one stripe on it. it was the big bat everybody used. And I, I remember I had a. My dad bought me a. And my dad was in his toward the end when I was in the ninth. In fact, my dad died during my baseball season. And the and when I was playing junior high baseball, I remember the whole team came to the funeral. I remember like it was yesterday. But I remember the, one of the last things my dad bought me was an Adirondack wooden bat that I that it, it was it was like twenty twenty five bucks, which don't laugh. Back then, yeah, twenty-five bucks for a bat in freaking nineteen seventy-three was a lot of damn money. Do you still have it? No, no. But I, but it was a lot of money. But I had it with my last. But I remember my dad buying me this wooden bat because we used wooden. Bat. And the next year, I got to Inglewood. And we all had these metal bats. I'm thinking well, that's what that's softball. Yeah, softball. Softball was always using metal bats. Baseball can't use metal bats. Never use wooden bats again. Well, but they something? could go back now. There's enough money and everything. They could go they, back. They could, but I, and I wish they would. I'd like it better. Now, there's a lot of wood bat leagues in the summer that you play in the summer. You have to use wood bats. That's getting players ready for pro ball. But, but I, th- I think that affects it some. Uh, it's still a different game. Now, it, 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 a wood bat game is still a different game. than so, so what you watch on TV when you watch the Rays play the Orioles and then you turn on and watch Florida play Vandy, it's a different game. It's still a, it, it, and I think the bats are a big part of that again. So, so interesting stuff. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, back to football for a little bit. Uh, one hour to go in the week. Man, it's been a fun week out here, hasn't it? Absolutely. It's the Bregan Baseball sure Complex. Has. We have one week, one hour to go in the program. One hour to go in the week. Uh, back with that after this. It's 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Here, that means it's time for more football. Football. Football at 5. 5 o'clock somewhere. On the Frangie Show. This would be really good in concert. Well done, RJ. This yeah. would be really fun in concert. I love this song. Love this song. And I think for some people, just seeing this song in concert, Maggie Mae by Rod Stewart, that would yeah. be worth going to the concert. I, I may go I, now. I <laughs> mean, just hearing that, like, <laughs> let's. I, I may go now. I mean, it's, Turn it's, that such, up, it's RJ. such a classic. <laughs> Listen, we'll go. We'll yeah. sneak in. Yeah. We'll, we'll wait. We'll, we'll, we'll see the set list. I mean, this is this is phenomenal. Wouldn't you love to see Rod Stewart just sing yeah. this? Yeah. 
great song. Oh, it's so good. I gotta go tell the right fielder to shut the gate. The bullpen uh, gate's open and bother me. You couldn't be excused. We're just gonna jam just out jam the garage door. Yeah, but but what happens out here is they're not used to having bullpens in the in the right. outfield like like the big league parks have. Right. So, but uh, if there's a line drive right down the right field line, it's gonna go into the bullpen. Okay. Well, as long as the student athlete doesn't run into the gate, uh, then I think we're fine. All right. So Trevor Sikkim of Pro Football Focus, uh, also known as Alyssa Lang's fiance. Uh, he put out a mock draft, two-round mock draft, and here's who he has the Jaguars taking, Hayes. Tell me what you think. With the 17th pick overall, they take the Senior Bowl phenom, Oregon center Jackson Powers Johnson. And then in the second round, they come back and take Georgia wide receiver Lad McConkey. If that's what happens, how do you feel about it? I, I think uh, it, it makes a, a lot of sense on the surface, but this is why I don't think it'll happen at either slot. I really don't think they're going to take a center at 17. I've uh, for a number of reasons, and you you don't have the whole list in front of you, right? You just know what he picked. Correct. Okay, so I can pull it up. N- well, my here's what I'm going with. Yeah. It. My guess is if you look at five guys that are taken after uh, Jackson Powers Johnson, mm-hmm. my guess is it will be one of those guys. I, I just think that they're gonna a. I think they're gonna address it in free agency. B. If they take him at 17. That is them admitting Luke Fortner is a backup at best. Correct. And I would be surprised ready for that. if they're there. So, uh, so I, I, I get it. I mean, it, it, makes, it makes sense, certainly, and he's a great player. But I would be surprised if, if he is the selection at 17. The second thing you said, that's the thing. They, there is no indication that they feel like already they have missed on Luke Fortner, nor should they, to, your, to the point we made earlier. It's way too early to think you've missed on him. It's not too early to think he may not be the guy that plays this year while that window's open because you've got to be better there. He may or may not be. But it's way too early to think, and, and that would be the admission that you missed on him, and I don't think that's where they are. Yeah, and then with McConkey. By the way, so at 18 oh, okay. is Brock Bowers. So, well, so you're yeah. not going to take a center over Brock Bowers. I mean, wouldn't you, I mean, I don't mean I, – we've got a lot of time until, until the draft comes. but So we'll get into all these scenarios. But if he's there at 17, don't you have to yes. take him? Yes. Well, but let me say, for yeah. me the answer is yes. Well, and and well, and <laughs> and other than the three or four teams that are taking the quarterbacks, what were the other twelve thinking if Brock if you don't <laughs> take Brock Bowers? Well, because a lot of them are taking those star players. For instance, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., Rome Adunze, or Rome Adunze, the Washington receiver, the offensive tackle Joe Alt out of Notre Dame, the J.C. Latham out of Alabama, another tackle, Dallas Turner, an edge rusher who's a star, Malik Neighbors, a star, uh, Jared Verse, a star. Like, there are other guys that I can see, and especially if you need a tackle, you're going to prioritize tackle over tight end. Uh, Byron Murphy, who I think would be great here, uh, he's the... Uh, Texas defensive lineman, like another tackle. So that's how I think you can end up with that. But I'm with you. I don't. I don't know that that's ever going uh, to happen. I will say this: the teams that are really good, you got to have quarterback, and you got to be physical. And, but boy, the teams that figure out the touchdown maker, you got to have the touchdown maker. There are there are too many teams that undervalue the importance of. Don't you think? Absolutely. That undervalue the importance of the touchdown. I mean, I think he's Sam Laporta. Look at the difference he made. I mean, I think Brock Bowers steps right in next year and has 850 yards and nine touchdowns. Who are you trying to cover? Brock Bowers, Evan Ingram, let's say Calvin Ridley's back. Uh, Christian Kirk and you know the like. Yeah. Like who who are you who are you who's your main target? Brock Bowers. Okay, fine. Yeah. We'll throw it to Ingram. We'll throw it to Kirk. We'll throw it to Ridley. Yeah, I just to me it you know it, so that that's interesting that he's got Bowers slipping all the way to eighteen yeah. with McConkey. 
it's to me it's it's like uh um you know right church wrong pew i think receiver could be there it, it in the second round for the jaguars but i think it's going to be a big physical guy i don't think it's going to be a Christian Kirk, small, slippery. And that's no knock. McConkey, I think, is going to be they, a really good pro. But they drafted that last year. Yeah, it's just not It's not the kind of receiver mm-hmm. right. that they need here. They need 6'3", catch radius, possession kind of guy. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. I'd be very surprised if they take Lad McConkey or Brock Bowers. I mean, as I don't good think as Bowers Brock, is going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> as good I mean, as Brock Bowers is, this is not a team that doesn't have a move tight end. This is a team that does have a pretty damn good one. So. I would pop champagne if Brock yeah. Bowers became a Jaguar. I've liked yeah. him since he was a freshman. Oh, I mean, obviously, everyone has since he was a freshman. He's a wonderful player. But, I mean, I, listen, as wonderful a player as I think Brock Bowers is, and I was kidding about what the other 12 thinking, but if the Jaguars were up at 17 and Jared Verse was there and Brock Bowers was there, you take Jared Verse. So, so I love both of them. Yeah, so it'd be like a, choosing between. It's Sophie's <laughs> choice for me there. Yeah, but, but, but one's more, yeah. way more clear need than the other. It I is. Mean, at that point, you do have to need has to factor in. But right? I also would look at it and say, and I love, I love verse too. Yeah. But a Brown, I, a I wonderful would be player. shocked if Brock Bowers isn't a good pro. Yeah, oh, I agree. Shocked. I agree. Like if, if so, to me, it's like I'm going to take Brock Bowers because the floor for him is probably top 10 tight end in this league in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah. the ceiling is obviously that he becomes a, a the the best or a top three yeah. elite tight end in the nfl and evan ingram is you know i mean it's not like he's 24 so i mean he's not old but it's not like he's you know just got into the league so again I, to me it would be really hard not to take brock bowers if he was there at 17 yeah ingram's 29 at this point uh here's a different mock draft uh this is from ryan wilson of cbs sports just a first round uh but just to compare they've got or he's got the jaguars taking latu latu the edge out of ucla with yeah, the 17th I, pick yeah i could see an edge yeah i i absolutely could see number one everybody could always take an edge but yeah, yeah i could see that too but i listen i think if if and and free agency has so much to do with this but, yeah, if, if the Jaguars address interior offensive line in free agency, then I think just about everything's open for the draft. I think receiver wouldn't shock me. A lot of people have mocked cornerback to the Jags. That wouldn't shock me. Edge would never shock me. Um, so there's a lot. I mean, none of that would surprise anybody, would it? Any, any, any of those, none, of those, none of those positions I think would surprise anybody. So I want to take a break. When we come back, uh, the Gators go to Georgia. Big college basketball game. We'll give you the college schedule. Uh, JU, UNF, FSU as well. They play college basketball over the weekend. We'll update you on some baseball scores. Uh, We're continuing to have a wonderful day of baseball here and softball at the Bragan Baseball Complex. This is the first time, by the way, we've had all three fields really, really, mm-hmm. really hopping, and it is hopping here at the complex. It really is. Back in a moment, 1010XL, 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Now back to a Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire. Visit BigChiefService.com. Speaking of seeing guys sing stuff live, I would encourage anybody that loves music that hasn't seen this guy do this one live, find your way to a show. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, I find, need to. find your way to a show. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a special experience 
This, oh, is, this is David Hasselhoff? It is. It, it is. <laughs> it is a special experience seeing Billy Joel sing piano. It, 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 it is a, you know, that I can say seeing Springsteen sing Born to Run is special for me. And, Lauren, you can say seeing Zach Brown sing Chicken Fried is special to you. And hey, you can sing here the Stone Sing Satisfaction. <laughs> no, yeah. you know. Yeah, you're yeah, right. You know, but I mean, we all have our stuff. Yeah. You know, but I mean, everybody. Oh yeah. Everybody on this one, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is Satisfaction, Born to Run. Right. Yeah, I'd probably go Colin Baton Rouge by Garth Brooks. Well, if well, we're well, whatever. Put on the same is. level, but yeah. Yeah, you know my point. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the first time I or the only time I've seen Billy Joel sing Piano Man live, it was yeah. about almost 20 years ago now, and I had tears streaming yeah. down my face. There's no, there's, there's, there's nothing like it. There's not. I mean. Even more than the Springsteen stuff and the Eagle stuff and the Chicago stuff, there's nothing like that. The twenty thousand people in the garden or wherever you see him swaying to Billy Joel. Billy Joel, not not a cover band, okay, okay. Not not. What not, if they're better? Not a lot. Not a, I mean, it's Billy Joel singing piano man. Yeah. And the piano sounds like a carnivore yeah, still, yeah. still to this day. I forgot about that. Oh. oh, man. Would you be shocked if I think uh, I told you Mike White might get the Gators tomorrow? No, I, I think it's it's a difficult game for Florida. I think they'll be a slight favorite. Uh, I'm not sure if the line's out yet, but I would imagine it'll be Florida by, you know, three, three and a half, somewhere in there. Uh, Georgia's lost five straight. On the, on the optics of it, you would think Florida comfortable because Georgia's lost five straight. Uh, but, no, I, I think Georgia will be up for it. I think Florida wins, but I think it's a close game, 77-72. Uh, I think it's it's a fight right till the end. And, and I would not be surprised if Georgia wins the game. Yeah, they're, I, they're, they're due for a win. They're, they've lost a bunch in a row. Um, Florida's better. Florida's heading places. I'm not sure Georgia is. But it's in Georgia, it's in Athens. He's 0-3 against them. He's going to beat them at some point if they play every year. Florida's favored by two and a half. Which is what, okay. about, about what you expected. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I think Georgia. I think to, Florida has lived life on the edge. Oh, oh, now, it helps, by the way, that they've that he's got their attention because they can't finish games off. Right. But I thought I was at that game in Gainesville when they played, and I thought Georgia matched up well with them. Yeah. I, I thought I thought the two teams matched up well. I think Georgia gets them tomorrow, and I would love for everyone to tweet me and tell me how wrong I am tomorrow it was when Florida wins big, like Lauren, you expect, right? I expect that because of the fact that I feel like Florida hasn't really put it all together yet other than maybe in the first half we've seen. Uh, but I think the trajectory that we've seen this team on against Auburn and, and the like, once they can put that together in the second half, which is what I think they do tomorrow, I think they've figured out the issues with the zone. They've had a little bit of extra time since they played LSU on Tuesday night. I think this is a game where Kugel and Richard and Clayton and Pullen and uh, Tyree Samuel are all near double digits. I don't watch enough Georgia basketball to know why they've been in this slump. I don't pay a lot of attention. But I know the team I saw in Gainesville, and the team I did watch on TV beat South Carolina, didn't look like a team that was going to lose five in a row at any point. Yeah, it's, it is a surprise because, uh, I mean, I think Mike White is a, is a solid coach. I mean, so I, that's why it's a little – and they've had all week to the point right. you made earlier, right. Right. Uh, Frank. Georgia's had the mini buy, which is a concern. Florida's also – they're just two and four on the road. Right. So this right. has not been a team that uh, has fared well uh, in true road games. So that's a concern. Uh, now, Florida's history isn't bad there. They've won 44 games in Athens. They're 44 and 62 all time, which, uh, you know, that's, that's, that gives you at least uh, some hope there from a trend standpoint. Um, 
Uh, this is the big storyline for me going into this game. Uh, Melendez was so sensational for Georgia in that first meeting. He had 35 points, 13 of 19 shooting from the field, 6 of 10 shooting the three, made basically everything he looked at. Really did. Florida was, was luckily able to win the game in overtime. Well, since that game, this is amazing to me. You would think that would be like a springboard to him you know, having success. Melendez has scored 26 total points. Isn't that amazing? In his last four games combined. And he couldn't miss that day. And he couldn't miss that day. Yeah. So, you know, does he, I mean, I'm, does he find the groove yeah. again seeing Florida? I mean, or, you know, so, so I think that'll be really interesting. How well does he play off the bench for Georgia? Uh, one thing that I think Florida, that helps Florida tomorrow, they've been much better with the basketball they had 19 turnovers in that win over Georgia and Gainesville that led to 24 points for the Bulldogs. They've been much tighter since uh, in the three weeks since that game was played. So I don't expect Florida to have nearly that many turnovers tomorrow. And uh, Han Logden was sensational against Georgia, uh, 23 points, 17 rebounds. Georgia really doesn't have much hope on the glass. They're minus 1.8. Uh, rebounding margin this season. Florida's plus nine. So what does that tell you? It tells you that Florida should win the rebounding margin by 11, yeah. roughly. So uh, I, I think Florida, but I think it's close for all those other intangibles. It's on the road. The Georgia's off. had all week. You beat them the first time. Georgia's desperate to you know get, get a win here. Uh, so I think very close, but I do think Florida's more talented. So I think Florida ekes it out. I'll say this about Florida's basketball team: Florida started the season four and three. Did you realize that they're four and three? They've been they're they're thirteen and four since. So they've been if you from game seven on, they've been about as good as anybody. And so uh, in the first six, they didn't have pulling. Right, and that's right. And they, they didn't. And hand logged and missed a few. And hand logged and missed. I think Pullen maybe missed the first three actually. Yeah. But, but he missed a bunch of games early on. That's right. And so. Um, but but you're right. They they were they didn't have their 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 full group together for a lot of those first six or seven games, and I think that's changed uh, since then. So uh, I just my gut just tells me this is one of those the week off the Mike White against his old team. Georgia's due to play better. This is one Georgia gets them, but we'll see if one one winds up happening. Lauren, two big games in the A Sun, both on the road tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, this is the time that Jordan Mincy gets his team together and says, you know, it's pretty much do or die time, fellas. If you want to make it into the tournament, uh, we have to beat Queens tonight because obviously, like we discussed earlier this week, these two teams are tied for 10th out of 12 teams in the A-Sun and the top 10 teams make the tournament. So tonight is a massive game uh, for JU and and. There was a player, I don't have the box score in front of me, there was a player when UNF played Queens earlier this week who went for over 30 points, and so that's the guy, uh, I'll look it up in a second. Jazz Lanier. Uh, no, I mean, as far as on Queens. Yeah, oh, the opponent right, right. is concerned. Um, on Queens' team, and so that's who I think JU really has to watch out for. His name is A.J. McKee. So that's if I'm Jordan Mincy, make sure you defend A.J. McKee. Uh, it's going to be, yeah, tonight at 7 o'clock, going to be a huge game for JU. And UNF on the road? Yep, at Kennesaw State. Uh, UNF played so well against Queens, they won like 93-76. to 76. Uh, So that's a game where, because they were able to, 93-79, they were able to, uh, really get, obviously, Chaz Lanier going. But also, John Nzi 
he had 22 points. So that was huge for Matthew Driscoll's team. So, yeah, I, it's it's an important game for UNF, not nearly as important on the season as it is for JU tonight. But both games tip off on the road at 7 o'clock tonight. Boy, hey. UNF is in a logjam in the yeah. standings because yeah. right you look at it. I think they're in a – it's like a four-way tie for third. So they could be anywhere from the third seed to the sixth seed. I mean, there's a bunch of teams – Right in there. So, yeah, these games are, are crucially important. And remember, you know, unlike Florida and Florida State in, in the bigger conferences, they've got one less week. Right. So while right. Florida That's and right. FSU still have right. like seven games left, in the A-Sun, you've only got like, I would think, four or five games left until you're, uh, you're deciding it. Yeah, so Eastern Kentucky, by the way, 9-2, and two, Stetson 8-3, and three, and then you've got Austin P, Lipscomb, North Alabama, and UNF all 7-5 and five, so to Hayes' point. So they're comfortably in, but right. from a seeding standpoint, there's a lot to do with it. Very Absolutely. good point. Um, meanwhile, for the Knowles, Hayes, you talked about earlier, uh, it's kind of coming unraveled for a second straight year now for Leonard Hamilton's team. They have lost their 13-11, and 7-6 in the league. They have lost 4 out of 5. <clears throat> five out of seven. Remember, this is a team that started five and one in the ACC. Now, yeah. not a good ACC this year, but they've gone from five and one in the league to seven and six in the league. And play Duke <clears throat> tomorrow, right? And they have Duke tomorrow. And then after a home game against, by the way, they've, they're, they're one and four. They've lost four out of five. The one win was a one-point win over Boston College. So they play Duke at home, Boston College at home, and then they go to Clemson, who's pretty good. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, and then a trip to Pitt after that. So it's honestly, a, they're probably fighting for an NIT berth. They pr- pretty much are. They're trying to stay above 500. So uh, tough year for the Knowles um, in basketball, where they have been so very good uh, for so very very long. So but that is it. Can you update me on some baseball scores, Lauren Brooks? Do you have any, Do you have any scores? I know we had, we were close earlier. By the way, it, Lauren's updating us on everything. <laughs> so Tiger Woods got carted off? He did. I feel bad for him. Oh, my so gosh. Last week uh, in my household, we had a pretty nasty stomach bug uh, between us for, for a couple days. And I have a friend who texted me that her daughter also has the same stomach bug this week. I, I have heard from several people that it's going around. And didn't Matt? I think Matt Hayes had that. I think so too. Yep. And then watching uh, watching Tiger on the cart at the very end, he puts his head in his hands. So I have no idea if, the, if oh, that's okay. what Tiger's dealing with. It's just my guess based off of what I dealt with uh, that it, it would be, be some sort of well, a stomach that would bug. Be, I mean, because what else would be carted off as far as for an illness? For uh, by the way, Ju did win the game. Walked it off eight to six. Yep, wow. walked it off. Uh, so that was very. Exciting. Exciting for them. Good for Ju. So the Ju baseball team wins eight to six over Cincinnati. A walk off by Steidel. I don't know who that is. S T I D L. And UNF also won. They won Good. nine to seven. Oh, so that's both awesome. teams secured a, the first victory of the season, and they play again in thirty minutes. That is that's really awesome. good news. So both Ju and UNF win again. Just so you know, it was supposed to be UNF Delaware, Ju Cincinnati. They were going to be th- their three game series. It was supposed to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Both JU and UNF moved their games to doubleheaders today. No game tomorrow because the rain's coming, and then they're going to try and get one in, even though it's going to rain on Sunday too. Yeah. They're going to try and get one in on Sunday. Yeah, maybe after the rain. But good for the Dolphins and the Ospreys. They both win, uh, uh, they both win in baseball today. 
Uh, I hope they both win in baseball again tonight, and I hope they both win in basketball tonight. So all that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Can I give you a couple more Florida basketball fun facts? Yes. Okay. Oh, well, you give this me a fun from, fact on a Friday? This is Gator Sports Information Department. So uh, <laughs> that, this is that's where I got That's who you are? No, that's who they this <laughs> is who. This is who's <laughs> making <laughs> me look smart right <laughs> now. Kind of ran through my Gators, mind, yeah. the, This is me Gator just being the conduit. <laughs> um, so Florida is averaging 86 Excuse me, 84.6 points this season. And we've talked about that yep. throughout the year, about where it, where it ranks yep. in the nation. Well, this is interesting. The school record is 84.2 oh. points really? per game, set in the 1986-87 uh, season. Wow. So that would have been Vernon Maxwell the, and Moten, right? Uh, it would have, Maxwell might have been gone. Uh, Moten might have still been there. Uh, it was Livingston Chapman, Dwayne Davis, Dwayne okay, Census, yeah. that team. So Ronaldo the 04s didn't, don't so have yes. the record. Yeah. So how about, how about that? that? So That's I don't surprising. know if it'll hold, wow. but, but Todd that Golden in his second year on campus wow. might be delivering the best offense yeah. the school has ever seen. So that was really interesting. And then to about Florida's balance, because uh, we've talked about front court, the guards yep. are obviously outstanding. So in their last seven games, they've had six different leading scores which speaks to they're tough out. That, They've got a lot of guys that can hurt you. That surprises me because I would have thought the guard yeah. would want You would have thought Clayton would have yeah. pulled in. And, but but Samuel's, Samuel's done it. Done it. Yeah. And Logden did it against Georgia. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, Kugel had a big game yeah. against Auburn. He did it against Auburn. Yeah. So as you go around, it's it speaks to – and Richard's done it once. Yeah. yeah. Those are the six. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I'll say this. The, uh, the job Todd Golden has done – to get there, it was a little broken, not terribly broken, but the players were gone. To have last year be so bad, it was not a very good year. They, they weren't very good. To totally rebuild that thing, I mean, there's nobody – I mean, Kugel and Richard were back, but that's it. To totally rebuild that thing, making them one of the best big man teams in the country, getting one of the best guard combinations in the country, getting them all to play together. To Lawrence's point earlier, you had, didn't have Pullen for three games, didn't have Hand logged in for a while. This has really been a good coaching job, man. Absolutely. I mean, this is a real – he has done a really good job coaching that team, man. Uh, Todd Golden, and if it finishes strong, look, I, my gut says it's going to be an upset tomorrow. But if, but if I'm wrong, and most people think I will be, then all of a sudden they're 18-7 and seven and 8-4 and four in a really good league. That's, a, that's good stuff, man. That really is. All right, we'll take a break. Lauren's going to wrap the show. She's going to wrap the week with her news and notes, so stick around. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. You know well, I'm a chicken fried. A cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. And the radio That's right, the weekend is upon us. Going to be a rainy one, but that's okay. It's still a weekend. We were just talking about songs we've seen live that we absolutely love. The first time I saw Zach Brown Band sing Chicken Fried Live was 2009. Fifteen that? years ago. Where was How that? does time go by so fast? That was at Mavericks at the landing that no longer awesome. exists. How about that? <laughs> and they sang chicken fried. That was their only song that they had just released. Like it was brand spanking new. No one knew any other music by them, uh, and it was. How many times? I've seen them three times. You've seen them. Oh, double yeah. digits. 
No, not double digits. I'd probably probably say like seven or eight, yeah, somewhere awesome. in there. You there's eventually a, stop keeping track. I yeah. don't. I should have some sort of like scrapbook for yeah. all the concerts we all should write. But they're uh, they're, a great, they're they're a great band in concert. They so really much are. fun. All right, on Sunday while it's raining outside, you can certainly tune your radio to Open Gym. RJ, what's coming up on the show on Sunday? Absolutely, the basketball show for the basketball fan. It is the Open Gym. Um, going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to talk about some of the greatest Orlando Magic NBA All-Star moments on Sunday. And then is the Orlando Magic schedule for the second half of the season that difficult as maybe some make it out to be? So Jake Chapman, who's the radio play-by-play voice for the Magic, will speak to us on that. And then... Of course, I have to talk Lakers. So we are going to speak with Mike Tradell, the sideline reporter for the Los Angeles Lakers. He'll come on and talk about the Lakers and what to expect the second half of the season for them. So all that and more on Open Gym this Sunday. All right, sounds good. We'll be listening. All right, so right now we've got West Nassau, Sandalwood, and baseball. Earlier, Trinity Christian and First Coast battled. At 7 p.m., we've got Jackson taking on Baldwin. And then at Inglewood, in just about 20 minutes, Inglewood plays host to Ed White. All that going on on the baseball side. Meanwhile, on the softball side, at 5.15, Mandarin uh, is taking on Nice. So that game is about a half an hour underway. At 7 p.m., Sandalwood takes on Hilliard. And at 7.30, Paxson takes on Episcopal. I believe that's everything. Boy, oh, boy, seven games at this park plus a game in Inglewood. Eight games today as we wrap up both the baseball and the softball. And one more time, I'll tell you, we moved everything from tomorrow till today. We were supposed to have six games, six championship games tomorrow in the baseball and softball combined. We moved everything up till today just because the rain's not going to let us play tomorrow. Well, I think that was smart, and then you also hosted the Heritage Classic out here with Reigns and Rebald, and that that was was unbelievable, right? Lauren, that was a special, a special, special day. One of the most special things I've been around in a long time. The the way those kids responded, so many middle school and elementary school kids, 500 kids from middle schools and elementary schools that will feed into Reigns and Rebald were all here, and man, they were having a big time in that concession stand and walking around the park and watching baseball school stuff. When I briefly worked at UNF for that little over a year, we always hosted for women's basketball, the elementary school day. So take the 500 kids that you had watching, but put them in a gym and then have them screaming all at the same time. (laughs) And uh, it was was quite loud. Uh, All right, Hayes, I know you saw the video of Fred Taylor interviewing CJ Stroud and Fred asks, you know, about not winning a national championship at Ohio State when CJ was there. Obviously, Ohio State was very close to beating Georgia, if not for that missed field goal. But CJ Stroud kind of comes back and Fred Taylor, like, well, what school did you go to? And, and Freddie T is clearly a national champion, but I'm not sure CJ Stroud knew that. No, he did not. I'm going to defend CJ Stroud a little bit on this because you are asking him, I'm sure it's still painful for CJ Stroud that he didn't win the whole thing because, A, he was phenomenal in that game against right. Georgia. That he was. And if the kick goes through, they beat TCU by 40. Right. So they would have won the national title. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's, he's not 37. You know, you're asking a 20, young 20s athlete about something that's probably still pretty fresh and painful. And so I didn't have a problem with C.J. Stroud. First off, I think it's just friendly banter anyway. I don't think that there was any malice intended on either side of it. You know, but I think C.J. Stroud had every right to be like, well, where did you play? And when Fred said Florida, who hasn't been good for half of C.J. Stroud's life. Right. You know, it makes sense that he would be like, oh, come Florida. I mean, you're asking me about not winning the national championship and you went to Florida? Because he's not going to know. I mean, he's not going to know what Fred Taylor did in the 1990s. Right. You know, when he was eight years away from being born. (laughs) So, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I thought it was funny. I I was surprised that people, I I, I get it. I mean, 
CJ Stroud's the enemy here, now. right? And that's that's the thing. That's but right. like in terms of like the how it went, I didn't think he was disrespectful. I mean, he was asked about, hey, why didn't you win the title? And so he's like, okay, well, if we're gonna open that up, then you know, I am gonna kind of play with you a little bit. And I think I thought that's what he did. The funny thing to me about the whole thing is so C.J. Stroud <laughs> takes the shot at Florida, and Channing Crowder loses it. And I'm sitting there thinking as I'm watching the video, right. Channing Crowder remembers where he went to school, right? And then right. finally he's like, I went to Florida too. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so uh, the way Channing Crowder reacted, you would have thought he was a knoll or a yeah. dog. Wasn't he, Crowder he wearing? things just makes him laugh. Yeah. Wasn't he wearing a FAMU shirt, yeah, Crowder, was. right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. I, I think – I think C.J. Stroud, people would have been less upset about the chippiness, so to speak, if, if C.J. Stroud was like, when was the last time your school won right, a national right, championship? Right. Uh, but instead it was, well, where did you go to school? As if Florida's never won a national championship. And so I think you've got the two different groups of people, like good for C.J. Stroud, you know, he's yeah. passionate. And then you've got the other people like, sit down, young man. Like, you don't even know about football, you know, national championships that happened in the 90s and the early 2000s. Those still matter. Those still count. So, yeah, I thought the whole thing was interesting. Uh, Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo probably won't be a Raiders quarterback for long. He has now been suspended for the beginning of next season for two games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing substances policy. Everyone does expect that the Raiders will probably cut him in the near future. Yeah, that is really weird. Yeah, I don't think he was going to be their quarterback anyway. But, um, yeah, what, a, what, a, what an odd turn to that story. By the way, uh, Sandalwood looks like they have just beaten West Nassau. That game is now over. Uh, so Sandalwood moves to one of one of the tournament. Um yeah, what what an odd story that was, wasn't it? That, that Jimmy Garoppolo, of all people, you look up and it's suddenly down for two games for steroids or performance enhancers. I don't think I saw that on the bingo card. Yeah, it was weird. I think it was something his doctor gave him and, you know, as he's recuperating. Yeah, using so. a prescribed medication without having a valid therapeutic use exemption. That could be marijuana, too. Yeah, but they don't, like, that's been so declassified okay. in the CBA that, like, you basically would have to test for pot, like, right. for 87 straight days yeah. for something to okay. ever really happen in terms of, like, games being missed. So I think he just, honestly, in his recovery, I think he was given something that he should have checked on. Gotcha. Or gotten Because he's the not going to appeal it. So. Yeah, and, uh, but it's great for the Raiders because it gets them off right. of That's the right. guarantees. So it saves the Raiders like eleven million dollars by the reports that you see, and now he's and, gone. And now Jimmy Garoppolo is free to go do the Baywatch remake that uh, <laughs> right. the world is dying for. <laughs> I love that. Uh, shout out to Taylor Swift who donated a hundred thousand dollars to the family of Lisa Lopez Galvin. She was the the only person who passed away after the shooting uh, there at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. And then another shout out. This one uh, has nothing to do, thankfully, with that, but. Caitlin Clark, I'm sure you all saw last night, she set the women's basketball scoring record. In order to break the record, she shot a three from the logo. Kelsey Plum originally held the, lo- uh, or held the record. Clark scored 49 points last night. And that three was a bomb, too. Yeah, wasn't it? I that's mean, how that she always was, does it. That. that was a bomb. Good for her. Uh, one of the best, the best, maybe the best women's basketball player at the collegiate level ever. Yeah. You know, I was curious about this, so I looked it up today because I haven't watched a, a lot of uh, Caitlin Clark, mm-hmm. which is my fault, but – uh, it, it, it's not just the scoring. I mean, for her career, she averages like eight and a half assists a game, right, right. like seven rebounds. I mean, she is a really well-rounded player, and obviously she's a prolific scorer. That she uh, is. So, uh, yeah, congratulations. Uh, and then I've got four games for y'all since it is going to be raining outside of Florida at Georgia. Yes. Men's basketball, four men's basketball games for y'all to pay attention to tomorrow. 
Number four, Marquette at number one, UConn. That's a great that's game. A great game. Great 3 p.m. on Fox. Because that's who Florida, that could be the second round if yeah. you advance. Yeah. You could be seeing one of those two teams. At number 20, Kentucky at number 12, Auburn, 6 p.m. ESPN. Calipari versus Pearl. Yeah, I love it. Love and that. so many people think Cal is, is on the hot seat, which is fascinating. It'll obviously depend on what happens I, with I Kentucky in Cal, the tournament. But I, I don't think Cal is, and this is a conversation for another day, I don't think Cal is ever getting fired. But I can see Cal saying, I'm going to go do the next thing. Yeah. I can see that. There's not a lot of appreciation right, right? on either side. Right. Yeah, you can there. see that. Uh, then we've got number seven, Kansas, at number 21, Oklahoma. That's at 4 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, we have a friend who always stops by the baseball grounds and uh, yep. loves him from Kansas. Go Jayhawks. And then number 16, these are not in chronological order. Number 16, Creighton at Butler, 1230 on Fox. Well, that's uh, some good games, You're right. That is a lot of, and that's a lot of good I mean, games. that Auburn and Kentucky game is the headliner. Right. But there's uh, – I mean, I, I'm really getting into SEC basketball. I mean, it helps that Florida looks like – they might actually be a contender. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, you watch, you know, Tennessee and, uh, you know, and, and uh, the South Carolina, I'm intrigued to see how they bounce back because they're still, you know, they're still very high up in the standings. Auburn and, uh, hasn't lost at home. Can yeah. Kentucky upset? I mean, I don't know what the, the line is, but I'm assuming that Auburn's favored in that I would game. Think Can Auburn's Kentucky favorite, upset yeah. Auburn there? Like in the jungle, if you haven't watched a basketball game at Auburn yet, it's called the jungle. It is incredible. Yeah, it's a, it's a great home court advantage. Really. And finally, before we say hello to Rick Blue, I'm sure Hayes was happy to see MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred said yesterday this will be his final term in office. He will retire in January 2029. Yeah, I think he's rallied. He was a disaster right. for a long time. But I do think the changes that he made to the game, the pace of play, I, agree. I give him a lot of credit for that. Uh, so I think he has salvaged a passable grade, uh, which is saying something because I thought he was <laughs> on a big fat F. For much of his tenure. Rick Palou joins us. Let's say hello to Rick. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Rick, pitchers and catchers have reported, right? You've seen that. You know it. Oh, it's insane. It's unbelievable. It's a great time of year. It 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 really is. is. Who's got your attention? Is, Is it... Dodgers, Braves, and everybody else. What do you think? I'm a front runner. I'm going to pull for the Dodgers this year. Okay, I need <laughs> okay, them to spend. Good. I need them to spend a little bit more money uh, to to solidify their uh, their 25. Right. But um, yeah, that's the way I'm going to go. By the way, I just heard Miss Brooks say the jungle at Auburn. Can Auburn come up with anything on their own? Everyone knows <laughs> that the jungle for 60 or 70 years has been in stores, Connecticut, with a University the of. I mean. Auburn's like, I know they're second in the state, but they don't come up with anything on their own. They just, what, eagles and tigers and this. I mean, anyway. Um, I, come I just on, thought Auburn. It, you know, come on, Auburn. Anyway. Um, That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah so, pitchers and catchers reporting. It's a great time of year. No doubt about it. I love it. I love it. I love it. What's coming up tonight, Rick? What are you doing? Well, I'm uh, – I'm devastated here. Uh, Tiger's okay. out, and it. You know, I wonder if it's the end of the road. I, I was thinking about it as I was driving in. The, the last time I was this disappointed was when the Red Sox in 1981 traded Fred Lynn and Steve Renko for Frank Tanana and Joe Rudy. That really set me back. This one did today with Tiger Woods because I, you know, I set up time to watch him tee to green, and he just had trouble moving. And he said that his back was. Obviously fused, and he was having back spasms. The official word is that he's ill. I have to believe it's back spasms, but it, it just feels like to me 
that this one is the end. And, you know, the players is in 25 days. I, I think the players desperately needed Tiger Woods to be here. He still may come. I, I don't think he will now. Um, I think he'll try to get himself ready for the Masters. But uh, this is a big blow. So kind of want to talk about fallen heroes, if you will. And, mm-hmm. and, and honestly, do we still have them in That's sports? It. I mean, think about the Jaguars, all right? 30 years, were you devastated when they couldn't even get a bag of balls for Leonard Fournette? Were you devastated when they traded Jalen Ramsey? Were fans devastated when they moved Tony Baselli when we kind of knew his career was yeah. over when he was traded to Houston? So it's um, maybe I'm just getting older and that's the reason why, but it doesn't feel like when today's athletes walk away or they go to another team, it's not the same the way right. it once was. And not only that, but we had a Frank Tanana sighting on the program. Yep. Rick, Frank Tanana threw in the 90s and the 70s. And then, he, and then in the uh, – yeah, he threw in the 90s and the 70s. And in the 70s uh, – excuse me, then in the 90s, he threw in the 70s. That's right. Because <laughs> he was – favorite line. He was crafty. <laughs> he said I threw in the 90s and the 70s <laughs> and in the 70s and the 90s. That's one of Rick and my favorite lines. So no there's that. All right. All right, Rick, have fun. Thanks, buddy. All right, we'll see you. Rick Falou goes into the night. Rick Rick told me that line first. I never heard it. That's right. Is that in the 90s and the 70s? And in the 70s and the 90s? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Folks, that'll do it for our program. Don't go anywhere, though. Rick goes into the night right now. You know he's going to have a lot of good, fun stuff. Hey, we want to thank uh, you guys for listening all week long, and thanks to 1010 for letting us come out here. We've been at the Bregan Baseball Complex at the Walk-Off Charities High School Baseball and Softball Tournament all week long. It's been a gorgeous week out here. We've had a blast. Hope you get a chance to come see this new ballpark at some point. Have a great weekend, everybody. For Hayes, Lauren, and RJ, I'm Frank Frangie. So long.